Hulk. Hulk, 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 Hulk. Hulk. Hulk, 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 Hulk. I'm Eric Bana. I'm the Hulk. Hulk, 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 Hulk. Here is Nick Nolte. He's my dad. Hulk. He messed with my jeans. Now I turn green. He also fights in the clouds and he made some Hulk dogs. Hulking the Hulk. You're making me podcast. Okay. You wouldn't like me when I podcast. I figured you'd do Nolte. Well, I'm going to do a lot right. more Nolte as we get into this. Because it's thought, like your thing. Go with the most iconic. Does he say you wouldn't like me? Does he say that right at the end? He Yes. Because he only end. says you're making me angry that first time. It's a towel bit, and at the end he says it in Spanish. <laughs> you know. I took some creative no, license. No, I'm, I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing the movie. You Impossible. You can't I, I, criticize true, this True, true. It's an I, American masterpiece. It's just, can I just, this is a sort of a tangent rant. Let's oh, just begin boy, with it. Right off the bat. Okay. You know what I mean? Where movies feel obligated to say a lie, right? Uh-huh. You know, sometimes this happens yes. where it's sort of like, oh, well, it's the iconic line. And they try and find like a cute way to do it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little too cute. Like, oh, we'll have him say it in Spanish. Like BB-8. Like, oh, he'll say I'm a bad, I have a bad feeling about this. We slipped it in there and you're like, uh-huh. Okay. But the first time he says it, even though he doesn't finish it, it's pretty earned. It is. Yes. Yes. Hello, yes. everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. David Sims. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success. Early on in their career, and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes they those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce, baby. Right, and sometimes they clear and then bounce with this one. Yeah, sometimes they leap. This one looked like and, it had cleared, and yeah. then it was like, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. But sometimes your checks bounce through the desert, long. Yep, yep. and a cluster bomb hits. Arcing them. bounces. Your eyes close. The wind pushing against your green face. Mm-hmm. This is this is the first. Big blank check movie. No, no, because I'd say Ride with the Devil. Ride with the Devil, but that's like a small blank check. Right. This is a, but it's a funny one because it's like also like when he signed on, so many people were like, oh, what has become, to, you know, of cinema that yeah. like this great director is going to do a superhero movie. Like, right. like it was a real thing. Yeah. Um, so is it a blank check? It's 100% a hundred percent. I blank mean, check. it is. The, yeah. the product is. Yes. Right. Yes. Especially yes. when you read what this movie had been in the previous stages of development for the decade leading up to this. Agreed. But I'm, I guess my counter argument is like after Spider-Man or no, I guess Spider-Man, no, Spider-Man had, yeah, was, was going to be a hit. They started before Spider-Man. We know that we talked about it, but still, I guess after X-Men and stuff like a studio, you know, giving you money to make a Hulk movie is like, they do that. Right. I got anecdotes we're going to get into. Oh, I it. know, I know, I know. The movie I we're talking about today, it's got a one word title. Don't you mistitle this movie because people do, and mm-hmm. I hate it. I'm not looking at you, producer Rachel. Yeah, that's right. She doesn't have a mic, so she can just shrug. We got producer Rachel here, the queen of the shrugs. Because <laughs> Ben is late. Ben is late. He forgot when we were recording in a real Griff move. Yeah, really? It was a nice, like, send off to you. And we got Rachel who takes none of our bullshit. That is true. Rachel is the Hulk of Audio Boom. Okay. We make her angry. She's wearing sort of a greenish hoodie. She is. Um, and drinking out of a purple bottle. The Green Hulk, and purple. Hulk colors. Yeah. Don't you feel like you have to be like 
more well-behaved. I guess this applies more for me than you uh, yes. when Rachel's here. Yes. Yes. I'm, we're just like sitting up straight. I know. We're sitting up straight. Your we're like, let's have together. a discussion. It's, we're serious men. Of course, we're hashtag the two friends. <laughs> the two serious men. The two hashtag the two serious men is a competitive advantage. No podcast feature. Self-serious young white men. Right. Um, the film we're talking about. Well, no, you were setting up the title and then we went on a long tangent. Yeah. Title of this movie is Hulk. It is Hulk. Hulk. Which is, now that I, I never thought about it, but it is odd that it's yeah. just called Hulk. Because it was announced as The Hulk, and then they were right. like, no, 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 no. Lose the the. Yeah. It's cleaner. cleaner. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Sean Parker was a producer on this movie. Yeah, of uh, course. Doing a mini-series on the films of Ang Lee. It's called Brookpod Mountcast. Um, right. Every time I'm preparing to say the title of the miniseries. You if, always forget if it's Pod Broke Mountain, Podcast no, Mountain. I, I just worry I'm going to fuck it up and it feels like I've just noticed a deer in the middle of the road. Like I'm trying to yeah. slow down or swerve around it. It's Broke Pod Mountcast. You did it. I did it. Um, this is my favorite Ang Lee film by a nautical mile. That's, that's interesting. It's not my favorite Ang Lee film. No. no. But, you know, I, I love this film. I, I don't know. If, I know it's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I don't know if I'd argue it's his best. Sure. Like, you know, qualitatively, but I. I he's made so many good movies. He's made a lot of this good movies. This podcast has been huge for me in terms of like. Realizing how re Rewatching all those movies. Yeah. Exactly. And just being like, wow. Like, he's not like a an 8 out of 10 director. He's like a consistent 9 I mean, or 10 out of 10 director. fastballs. Yeah. He really I mean, does. I mean, the latter half is a little mixed. Gets a little gamier. Yeah. But, this first uh, half to has here, been a joy. Yeah. It really yeah. has been. Yeah. Uh, and we might go against the the popular consensus on some of the later half stuff. Maybe. You think so? You, are Maybe. you thinking of Life of Pi? Yeah. Because I think that's the only one where there is a popular. I mean, unless you hate Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, maybe I've maybe you've been nursing that in your. I mean, like, you I know. think there are certain types of people who hate Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know. Brokeback haters? <laughs> no, I mean, like, but you remember at the time, like, all the people who were like, John Wayne would be spitting in his grave. <laughs> Fakely. I hated those people. Uh -huh. um, but a bunch of David Banners, they were. A bunch of David Banners, they were. The Hulk. The David Banner. Yeah, he's the dad. He's the uh, dad. He's the absorbing man? I don't know. He's kind of. And he's Zizax. kind of Zizax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, um, I don't know. He's a little bit maestro. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a villain in the... They they didn't choose one of the Hulk's villains. I guess Thunderbolt Ross, but apart from yeah. that, like, they didn't dip into the Hulk's, like, villain pool, really. No. I think at the comics, his name is Brian Banner. Yes. Uh, David Banner was the name of the alter ego in the Bill Bixby show. Yes. He wasn't Bruce. I know, because of some weird... Yeah. I can't remember what the reason for it. Was it a copyright reason or did they just think like Bruce is a bad name? It sounds like a hippie. <laughs> exactly. I need a good, strong man like David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hey, well, hey, you ask me, David sounds pretty weak. Yep. You're right. Um, but they, uh, they combined the name with the old character arc and then gave him sort of powers of a different character. Yeah. Which would never happen. That wouldn't fly now. Yeah. Weirdly, you know what kind of weirdly is similar? Uh, Iron Man 2 Whiplash is kind of Crimson Dynamo. Yes. They kind of mashed those two up. 100% they did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, they've done it in Marvel, but the only time they did it to a major character was the Mandarin thing. 
Yeah. And that the people were mad about people that, even though that was like the right call. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> my, like dorky like action figure message boards. People talk about buying the Mandarin toys and then being like, but I'm going to pretend it's the real guy. When I put it on my shelf, I'm going to pretend it's the real guy. And it's like, what, whatever helps you sleep at night? Shut the fuck up. I, I'm just letting you sit in your my action figure message boards That's, monologue. That, that is the 15th I least know. embarrassing I, thing I've said this hour. I know. Yes. Yeah. And you, you like... You know, got coffee this morning probably and said six embarrassing things. Yeah, I said extra raspberry, please. <laughs> uh, Hulk. Hulk. 2003. Hulk, 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 Hulk. Um, yeah. We were going to do Hulking the Hulk way back when. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th- this was going to be one of our first uh, one-offs when we were still in the Star Wars days. Yeah. Because I think this is like... It's a fascinating movie. We and, uh, we both think this is like a totally fascinating movie, and such a and it's only gotten more fascinating as the like superhero genre emerged after it. Like right, and I think this is exactly the kind of movie you only get to make when industry's in a weird transitional state. Sure, right, trying to figure out what these movies even are. Exactly, you haven't really cast the die yet or set the mold for these things. But also, this is the kind of movie you get to make when you direct a foreign language film that makes $120 million. For sure, right, exactly. And that's like the blank check phenomenon that you and I talk about, which isn't just like, oh, I made a hit. It's like, how how did that work? Right, you did something that on paper would never go. Right, so yeah. the studio just has to give you money because they can't rip you off. They're and, like, they've figured something out. We need to give them another at bat. And beyond that, it's like, they can, they'll even give you a property like this one, a right. beloved comic book character right and you're gonna say like i'm gonna do these five things that right. a lesser director would just get slapped down for ass. and this is a movie that was in development hell for decades right so it's not like people had come with takes and the studio would always be like no i don't think so you know yeah. like so and angley is like yeah i want it to look like a comic book and it's gonna be about like boiling freudian rage and like I'll play the Hulk, and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, do yeah, it. That's like what's fascinating about this movie is he like plays both extremes, where it's like you have these dramatic scenes that you would never see in a comic book movie ever again. No, but then he visually designs those scenes to look like a comic book. It's crazy. It's, it's a like crazy movie to watch. So much of this movie is Jennifer Connelly talking to her father. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. Like I was watching this time. I and forgot how quickly it all goes down in this movie. I love, but then also it takes forty five minutes for the Hulk to show up. That's the thing. It's a long ass movie. Two twenty. You don't get much time with Bruce like no. before like the accident. No. You know what I mean? Like you get like five minutes with him, and then post accident, and get one like, of them is like a bit about his bike helmet. Like <laughs> post accident, you get a lot of Betty time. Like, a lot Betty of Betty and really not much Bruce. A, no, Bruce is kind of a cipher. Like yeah. you know he's. Hard to understand. Betty's kind of lead of this movie. Kind of, but she is, you know, she she gets a little, I mean, it's a thankless role in every version of the Hulk. Shh, yeah, it's she a tough role. Kills it, though. She's good. She's yeah. good. She's good. Um, Coming off an Oscar herself. Yes. This was like her her immediate follow-up. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, so a little bit of context, because I don't know if you know this, but we're kind of sewers. Pow. Um... In the late 80s, early 90s, more than 90s, when, uh, you know, Marvel was in dire financial straits, um, yes. the big thing that happens at Marvel is 
Um, they had been mismanaged by Ron Perlman, not Hellboy, the other one. Uh, right. Uh, the the one uh, P E R L. Yes. Not P E. No, no. P E R L is the good one. I think P. I think no. It's, I, are they both? I think our actor friend has an A in his name. He does not. Oh, just, then it's the other I way around. It's yes. the other way around. Rachel it, shaking her head. It's We're the one, idiots. Rachel has such contempt for us. Yeah, as she should. Uh, it's the one spelled like you know the the thing from the right. ocean. Yes. So. I think. I don't fucking know. He buys, There's also Lou Pearlman. There's a lot of bad Pearlmans. Yes. Uh, he buys Marvel, nearly runs it into the ground. You know what? It's, uh, it's spelled the same way. Okay, well, let's talk about this for 15 more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he nearly runs the company into the ground. You know what? It's spelled Perlman. Jeez, I finally figured Louis- it out. It's just hard to figure out. P-E-R-E-L? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, right. He owned, is he the one who owns like the toy company? Well, or is that Ike? That's Ike Perlmutter. Yeah, thank right, you. Right. Okay. Right, 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 right. Ike Perlmutter, Avi Arad, right. are toy guys. Are they the ones who rescue Marvel? This is what I'm telling okay, you. Go okay. Ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Perlman nearly runs Marvel into the ground. And that's in the, the mid 90s, like after the speculation boom when comics are hot in the early 90s. So they're like, let's make yeah. so many comics. Like, this will go forever. Darkhawk. Right. Like, you know, they're just throwing shit out there. But they're yeah. even getting into trouble like early 90s. Yeah. You know, the, the speculation boom is. Uh, you, you think it's of a bubble X, that collapsed. You think of X Men issue one, which I think is right. 91, where they had like 12 covers and right. you got to buy them all. And your like, first you printing know. was like 15 million right. issues. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Toy Biz is the company that has the Marvel rights. And the X-Men toys are so humongous at the time of the cartoon yeah, that they make such an insane amount of money that when Marvel is on the brink of bankruptcy, they buy out Marvel, right. which is insane. The company that licensed the, toys. the properties yes. managed their money from selling the characters so much more successfully that then Ike Perlmutter takes care. That's in 1997. Yeah. Right. 98, sorry. Right. And Avi Arad, who also comes from the toy industry, they're both Israeli toy men. Yep. Um, he gets put in charge of trying to make money by selling off the intellectual property yes. into different mediums. Right. No, no one has that idea of let's do our own movies. It's just like, hey, someone wants to pay us X for the Hulk. Great. Avirad essentially becomes a used car salesman. But I mean, this is also, it's back in the day where that idea is so silly that there would be a linked universe. Like, make right. a Hulk movie. Who cares? But he would do these interviews when he was like promoting Spider-Man and he'd be like, yes, and we have Doctor Strange set up at Lionsgate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Iron Fisted Artisan Pictures. Like, they had sold every, there was like a yeah. Deathlock movie. Like, none of these, but but they had- Deathlock. Every single, like- vaguely valuable property they had was set up somewhere. Deathlock was so good because it was like, what if he was a cyborg, but he's also like an assassin. He's like an, it was like all of the 90s shit. Ryan even though Reynolds, he's from back in the day. Ryan Reynolds was supposed to do Deathlock in like 2001. What a, what and I, I think it was at Lionsgate or Artisan. They sold off a bunch of the cheap ones to Lionsgate and Artisan before they uh, merged. Uh, right. Right. But like uh, Paramount was going to do Iron Man with Tom Cruise. Sure. You know, there were all these different ones set up in different places. And uh, Hulk was one that Universal had had for a bit. I believe they bought it in like the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was sort of on on the uh, the edge of the of the sword, the tip of the spear because of how big the TV show had been. Yes. He was Um, so much a part of the sort of cultural iconography. 
Uh, it's true. It's I think it's why the Hulk and Spider Man lingered mm-hmm. for the public in ways more than the Fantastic Four, the X Men, or the other you yes. know, Iron Man. It's like right, they had like live action network shows. Yeah, especially the Hulk, which was yeah. like a real show. I right. mean, it's like and it was a beloved show. It was super lame, but right. it was it was on net- network TV. They essentially made it a procedural. Um, Here's a homeless wanderer. Right. I mean, it was, a procedural it was combined kind of with like, like a Clint Eastwood Western where it's like he rolls into town, he finds the problem, he tries to avoid turning into the Hulk and then he has to turn Hulk into the Hulk and throw a bunch of people. Right. And it was like very cheap looking and it always right. ended with him hitchhiking and right. He uh, rides off into another out. town. It was yeah. sort of quantum leapy. Yes. You know, um, but uh, that show was beloved. Uh, played syndication forever and they kept on making TV movies until 1990. Okay. I mean, the show yes, ends yes. early the, 80s um, and for like... The final TV movie is The Death of the Incredible Hulk in 1990. Right. So, like, right after that, that's when they start getting serious about trying to make a film. Yes. In 1992, Avi Arad and Gail Ann Hurd, mm-hmm. Gail Ann Hurd of Terminator fame yeah. and others, set this up at Universal. Yeah. And this is going to be a serious movie. And she's, at the time, I believe, married to Jonathan Hensley. Yeah. Who later goes on to do the Punisher film. That was like the mea culpa project they threw his way. Sure, sure. For kicking him off this one. Right. Um, but they were developing it with a lot of different people. Michael France. Michael France, who wrote Cliffhanger and mm-hmm. GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. He writes a script. Universal wanted a script where the Hulk fights terrorists. Yeah. Michael France didn't like that. So someone else comes in, John Terman, and he writes more of like a classic, like Hulk versus the military, mm-hmm. you know, Thunderbolt Ross, Thunderbolt right. Ross. And I think leader is involved. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think they don't like that very much. They don't like it, but I guess that that becomes like the absolute baseline. Like right. it's sort of like weirdly that he, script is still in the ether. Right. Cause he gets credit on he this does. film. Right? The credit of, for yeah. this film is crazy. Weird. Yeah. Um, but but it was very much a time where if you're buying a superhero property and then the writer comes in and goes like, so he's going to fight the leader. They'd be like, why are you using characters from the comics? Yeah, we bought right. the Hulk. Let's just have him fight whatever we feel like fighting. Right. Because then when Hensley takes over the project as the main writer, right. and then he was supposed to direct it for a while. He was going to direct it. They had worked up. He had never directed a film. Gail Anherd pushed really hard for him and got him the job. And that movie was going to be Hulk fights mutant bug people. He was going to fight some mutant bug people. There's some concept art out there of mutant bug people. There Makeup you go, Rachel. Tests. That's a mutant bug. Hulk was going to be an animatronic. Mutant bug, Rachel. You can find the oh, YouTube videos it, yeah. of the giant like 15-foot robot they had for the Hulk. Amazingly enough, Jonathan Hensley convinced the studio with his work writing Jumanji. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> uh, but then... Uh, Joe Johnston was going to do it. Then the, they bring in the Joe Hensley Johnston. Track. I think that's how he gets on is because of Jumanji. Joe Johnston wanted Hensley. Joe Johnston leaves to do October Sky. Hensley takes over the director's chair. Yes. Uh, Terman comes back to write two more drafts. So I think that's why he gets the credit because he kept coming back yeah. and like changing his original script that had already been changed beyond recognition. Zach Penn... Uh-huh. Wrote a script in which Hulk fights sharks. Yeah. See, it's all the shit where it's like, just have him fight scary things. Uh, he also wrote a scene where Hulk is kicked out of a helicopter and turns into the Hulk, which eventually made it all the way to the Marvel movie, like which, with later. Which also, Marvel does that beat oh, they four do, they, times? They do it a lot. Oh, look who oh, it is. Oh, look who walked in. Oh, 
my lord. If it isn't the Ben Juicer himself. Ben Mad. Producer Ben Green with rage over here. Poet Laureate. Tiebreaker. Haas, Mr. Positive, Mr. Positive. Birthday Benny, soaking wet Benny. Peeper. I'm going to do this until Ben can successfully get to his seat. He's a uh, fart detective. He's a meat lover. Thank you, Rachel. Finest film critic. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel's now... But she's bursting through the wall. And she's, My God. She's picked up a tank and she's throwing it around the office. She says she hates blank check. Must be destroyed. Uh, goodbye, Fennel, Rachel. Hey, Ben. So where do we... Where do the we... fuck master. Oh. He's not Professor Crispy. He's graduated to certain titles of the course yeah. of the company series, such as Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobi, Ben Sate, oh, great. Ben Night Shyamalan, uh-huh. Say Anything, dot, 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 Ali Ben's with a dollar sign, uh, uh, Warhaz, Purdueer Bane, Ben 19, the Fennel Maker, Rebel Haas, Benglish, uh, Mr. Mr. Ben Credible. Sure. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm here. I was, I, I forgot we rescheduled. I was watching yeah. the Hulk. Uh-huh. And so Rachel was nice enough to step in. Yes. Uh, and I'm here now. Now you're here. So we're, what the fuck? Okay. What's so up? we're talking about the development <laughs> what process. The fuck? What the fuck? Of this movie. <laughs> They they pull the plug. They were like casting actors. They were in active pre-production. They pull uh, wait, the plug. Uh, which one is this? On this the Hensley is... directed. Yeah, right, right. And right. they it they... was set to right. They had Arizona location scouted, like, yeah. and then they pull the plug. Right, because they just oh. went hundred million dollars too high. Never directed a film, right. untested, all of this. Abrams, Scott Alexander, and Larry Karaszewski all come in to like rewrite the script. Right, and they're like starting over. Let's find something new, new angle. But they're kind of like in a rut. Right now, this whole thing with the Beatles is so dumb. Thank God, weird they never with the bug people. That. Yeah, but also, can you? Then just... they were gonna do a whole Hulk movie where he fights bugs, like giant bugs. Is I that guess Men even... in Black could come out. Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing that was in the comics? No, <laughs> no. They were just like, what's the thing you could fight? That's now? Someone was like, I don't know, bugs. This was a point in time where people had such contempt <laughs> for comic books on a studio level that if you bought the rights to a superhero, they'd be like, so which of the characters from this sixty-year history should he fight? And be like. None of those. That's a, those are for fucking losers. You should fight a bug guy. <laughs> what are the kids like? Make now? up some bugs. But that plug is pulled. Yeah. So Hensley finally drops out, basically saying like, "I wasted a year of my life on this fucking movie, right. and it's never going to happen." Right. And and like twenty million dollars had been spent in pre production, developing the robot Hulk, like all these things. Uh, X Men comes out is big. Yes. Spider-Man is in production. Yes. Looks like a, a game changer, right? Yes. And then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon comes out. Just in between these things. Yeah. Michael France one's right, one right final, writes one final script, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, that is lighter and more comical with uh, Bruce Banner as an amiable genius with Jim Carrey in my mind as sort of like the... The person like or you know, Sandler, I knew they for. threw out as well. They yeah. thought about doing a comical, you know, sort of almost self-parody kind of. Film. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you could obviously Sandler anger management. I mean, yeah, there's a comic take, I suppose. Angry on, guy. Um, but this script includes. Weirdly, and God knows how it's funny. Yeah, the element of his father being abusive, the element of the regenerative cells, right, which comes from the comics, the black ops, and all this, and the gamma sphere yeah. that is in this movie. So it's sort of like 
weirdly, a lot of the DNA of that script that obviously they tossed yeah. like is still there. Was in there. So I think that's why he, because he gets a, a credit too. Yes. Yeah, it's Franson Terman who wrote, worked on this these movies that never happened. Right. They, they get the credits along with James Seamus. But the weird thing is they all three get credits as writers. Yes. Seamus gets sole story by credit. Right. So they're admitting that like the movie is Seamus's, but I guess they're just also saying like, but the script it like, overlaps with yeah. these other drafts. But that also feels backwards from how it should be. You know, it's uh, like Seamus right. is the one who sat down by himself and sort of got to write it. That is true. Yeah. Michael Tolkien and David Hayter. Right. Like it, did it's rewrites. insane list of people. Uh, Hayter's draft had the leader, Zazax and the absorbing man, yeah. like just threw all the villains in there. Too much. For and they the were all much. like created in the same accident. So I guess the idea was right, like four one, guys yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, Angley come involved, as you say, because after crashing tiger, before we get on to Ang, our buddy Ang, it, just because we were on this tangent before, Someone walked in. I won't say who. Okay, the guy who's been like two hours late. Like, Never to a record. I did Guys, say you I were pulling a grip. I can't keep them apart. He lunged across the table. Exactly the same. <laughs> um, I do love that Marvel has done that bit of the hero jumping out of the aircraft carrier four oh, yes, times right, now. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Because it happens <laughs> in Incredible in Hulk. Hulk. It happens in Incredible Hulk. It happens in Age of Ultron when uh, um. Black Widow kicks uh, Banner. Oh, maybe it happens five times then because it, ha- it certainly happens in Iron Man 2 where he kisses Pepper before he yes. jumps out. That's true. Happens in Black Panther. Yes. Believe it happens in Winter Soldier as well. I know that Winter Soldier poster is him in the aircraft carrier with his back turned looking can't like remember. he's about to jump out. Yeah, he might. They love remember. that fucking image of the guy jumping out from a high altitude. I guess it's fun. And landing on the ground safe. Yeah, yeah. Strong. Hulk's strong. Sure, he's strong. So no, but they they literally she kicks him out in yeah. Ultron to make him into Hulk. Right. It's the line where she's like, "Sorry, but I need the other guy right now," yeah. or whatever, you know. But what happens here is a phenomenon that I find really interesting, which is kind of akin to the the Paul Feig Ghostbuster situation, mm. where it's like they have this property they're trying so hard to reboot, right? It's never working that they take such a crazy swing. And it's like right. Crouching Tiger comes out. It's an action movie, but it's also like very meditative and sad. Right. And in Chinese. Indeed. Right. And then it starts doing really well. They offered it to him in January. So it hasn't even crossed 100 million at that point. Okay. They don't know exactly how big Crouching Tiger is, but it's like in line for Oscars and they just offer it to him and go like, what would you want to do? You can start from square yes, one, make offered, it whatever you want. They offered him in January 2001. So yeah. I don't think even the Oscar nominations had come no. out, but like they're about to, you know, it's right, like right then. Uh, and Ang Lee comes in and he doesn't like the script, obviously, because it's probably like this mutant script. Right. And I've, and I've brings referenced, in his buddy Jimmy. I have referenced things that his buddy Jim Seamus has said to me. Yes. Over the course of this Because when you series. talk to Jim Seamus, you basically like, we're like, I love the Hulk. Like, I, right? right. Like, I want to yeah. make this clear. I'm not friends with James Seamus. Right. He wouldn't recognize me on the street. I was at like a New York film festival party and I just fucking zoned in on him and was like, I need to tell you I love the Hulk. Right. And then he proceeded to talk to me for like an hour and a half because I think he likes being able to talk about the Hulk um, as a character because I, of course, know that this movie is called Hulk with no definite articles. Um, <laughs> but he said that like when they got assigned to it, they went through and read like every draft. Sure. 
and we're going through every permutation of the thing. And the thing they latched on to was the the father stuff, the Brian Banner stuff. Uh, it also went through, read the comics, and found that arc. Yes, uh, they went through the comics. That arc, I believe, is in the Peter David part. Of, right, it's later. Which is like, yeah. but I mean, the, I think the Peter David Hulk is sort of, the iconic, opinion, the definitive. Right, yeah, yeah. right. That's sort of the apex. Uh, and that is, right, where I think Ang Lee sees like, oh, this is like a Greek tragedy with all these like psychological elements. Which is what like he... like a monster movie. You know? Those are the two things they go, you know, we want to make a Greek tragedy. Right. We want to get real actors. Right. Write real human drama and have them play it straight totally separate from this monster movie. And then the other half of the movie is we want to make a Universal Studios monster movie. Yes. Like we're not viewing this as a superhero film because there barely is a template for what a superhero film is. Right. We're viewing this as the Wolfman. And you have to remember like X-Men, which is the the sort of proto superhero right. film, is not like that I don't know. It's pretty like, it's not copyable. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty reserved. Doesn't have like big crazy wild action stuff. No. It's a lot of you know, like human drama and like, right. I don't know. Like the set pieces are usually very emotional. Like, does that make sense? I'm yeah, trying to, yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen it. There's not a template from that movie that's easy to follow. Yeah. And no one knew what Spider-Man was yet. As, uh, you know, uh, past guest Peter Laboos has said, they didn't know what was going on concurrent with their right. sort of development. Right. And then there's that, that right. The Seamus sees Spider-Man and is like terrified. He, right. Yeah. He walks out of the theater opening day. The audience cheers seeing Spidey on the American flag. And he calls up Ang Lee who's in the middle of filming and goes, we're fucked. Right. We are absolutely fucked. Yeah. Uh, which is incredible. But, but this movie is, you know, the, the universal monsters, which I'm a big fan of. Sure. You mean your, your wolf man and your mummy and your yes. Dracula. The, and... the original cinematic universe. Yes, indeed. You know, um, those films were horror films in a very different sense than we consider horror films today because they're not jump scare movies. They're movies that more scare people by the ideas within them. Right. You know, like there aren't scary moments in those movies. The characters look scary. Yeah, I mean, I've seen most of those movies. They're not scary. No. That's the thing about the Hammer Horror movies that are sort of like recycling them 20 years later. Those are scary. Right. Like those are going for like gore and atmosphere. The Universal movies are more like mind-boggling and oh, strange to consider. But but that's also the origins of like Marvel Comics. It was like tales to astonish. Yeah, you read Amazing Fantasy, which is where Spider-Man came out of. Amazing Fantasy! An Amazing Fantasy, which was called like Amazing Adult Fantasy, which literally sounds like a porn title until they like dropped it. Like it's always just like, oh, a moon man discovered an ancient key, but then at the end he's cursed to live in a box. Like it's always got like some dumb weird Twilight Zone ending. Right, and they always start with this like, (laughs) this is Jim Johnson, a normal man by day buying milk. By night, a deep sea diver. What people don't know is that when it's exactly 40 degrees, (laughs) he turns into. But it's never superhero shit. It's always just some weird Twilight Zone shit. But that's the thing. They always felt Twilight Zone and they always felt monster movie. Yes, it's always like, he did curse the mummy's curse. Oh, yeah. That was the thing because those movies aren't scary on a scene by scene basis as much as they are just like, ooh, what a scary circumstance. (laughs) How chilling to ponder. <laughs> right. But Hulk comes out of that. Yes, like as the, does Spider-Man. Hulk, right. But yeah. but certainly like Hulk the comic and comes Strange, out yeah. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The early mm-hmm. Hulk comes out of that sort of mold. Yeah, it's a Jekyll Hyde thing, right? And right. that's a, a was there ever a Universal Jekyll Hyde? Obviously yes. there's the old Jekyll Hyde movie. I just forget if it's Universal. I think the best Universal 
weirdly, the most canonical universal Jekyll and Hyde is from Abbott Costello meet Dr. Right. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right. which is played by Boris Karloff, I believe. Uh, I'm going to look that up because I know Lon Chaney played him one time. You know, like it's one of those yeah. roles that like uh, you are correct. Boris Karloff um, plays. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. But it's the Frederick March one is the most famous one. Uh, right. The Frederick March one. There's just yeah. so many, though. Like right. if you look at the like, I think it's also one of those things where like the rights were just never owned. So yeah. people would just make them over and over again. But yes, the Frederick March one, that's the 1931 and he, I believe he won the, he won Oscar. the Oscar, yeah, which, is which is sort of nuts. Rad. Um, but anyway, yes, Hulk, classic Jekyll Hyde, right? By right. day, mild-mannered scientist. Uh, by night, uh, monster. And the way those comics would be written is like, you know, you have a title like Tales to Astonish. Your goal is every issue come up with a tale that will astonish. Oh, I'm astonished right now. If one character popped, then they'd spin them off. Sure. But they were always kind of self-contained stories in which it was like, here's an unassuming person. Here's the tragic accident. Here's the the weird condition they have. And then it sort of resolves itself with the person like wandering back in the woods. And it's like, what will become of them? Also, I believe in the, the first six issues of the Hulk, it's a day night thing. Like the yeah. rage, the anger thing comes later. Yes. That the anger he's, transforms he's gray, him. Notably. He's gray. And then he's sort of like, I don't know. He like, he's not green for a while. Like the, right. the whole Hulk mythos comes later. Right. Yeah. Um, Sometimes he, like, talks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, are you, like, aren't you a monster? Also, isn't this for kids? He's like, don't be rude. Watch your mouth. <laughs> um, but but in that way, this feels like one of the weirdly most faithful comic book adaptations. Because I feel like yeah. it so perfectly captures that sort of early Marvel comic. Right. Um, but But that's, like, the weird sort of diametrically opposed thing this movie is doing, which is, like, simultaneously like he wants to make the most comic book bookie movie ever right and also make like who's afraid of virginia wolf right with like dads um yeah and he did he I did guess. uh they filmed it in arizona and san francisco the most expensive movie universal had made up until that point in time that's nuts which is nuts uh they also did some stuff in the utah deserts obviously <laughs> you see them here uh they had and, most uh, of the movie filmed, I think, wrapped by 2001, and it was pretty much like two years of yeah, post-production. Yeah, ILM work. Which uh, they only finished like a month before the movie came out. Eric Bannis said that the shoot was ridiculously serious, a silent, morbid set. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. And I remember at the time, mm-hmm. the the because the first Super Bowl trailer had very little. It didn't really show you the Hulk. It just showed you like his eye. Mm-hmm. And people were like, they don't. They haven't figured out what he's going to look like. That was, and the, the rap on the movie was like they never figured it out. That wasn't the Super Bowl trailer. That was the first teaser they had before Spider Man. Sure, that which was sense. him in the mirror. Yeah, him in the mirror, and then you just like it ends on the eye. It well, no, no, I think it ended on like his house, and you see like a smashing, but oh, you don't right. see the Hulk. Yes, yeah, right, yeah, 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 that's correct. The yeah. Super Bowl one was the first time they actually showed the Hulk. Um, right, that was that January. They spent like two million dollars for a thirty second ad where they showed him for the first time. Yes, uh, and people were kind of like, because mm, even on, on the poster, it was like his hand is covering his face. It's uh, him like reaching out. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, his yes. face is obscured. Um, but but they like, Engley was very big on like they've done CGI characters before. There's been some amount of mocap, right? Because there there's Gollum, right. Apart from that, there's not a lot. No. I mean, there's Blarp, obviously. Blarp, right. Blarp changed the game. We all remember Blarp. Blarp was a game changer. Oh, of course I remember I mean, Blarp. you know, 
Hulk is like Blarp 2, right? If you think about it, and I guess Gollum is Blarp 2, Hulk is Blarp 3. Yeah, that's correct. Right. It's yeah, like the Blarp it's, trilogy. <laughs> It's like Hulk is the the same wireframe as Blarp, but they've just sort right. of you know mangled it. It's three colors. Blarp. <laughs> Blarp is yellow. Yeah, right. I am Blarp yellow. I am Blarp gray. Yeah. Sickly gray. I am Blarp green. Yeah. Unite the Blarps. Unite the Blarps. Yeah, you have unite to unite the Blarps. The Blarps. Hashtag mm-hmm. unite the Blarps. All the Blarps. Um, th- he was really big on trying to get, and I guess you know Gollum's kind of concurrent with this. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Because Two Towers doesn't come out until 2002. That's true. So they were, I think, sharing a lot of technology, but he hadn't been able to see those results yet. His big thing was, I want a real kind of nuanced performance. uh So he worked a lot with them to try to get... He did a lot of the motion capture himself. He did almost all of it, which is like, at the time, they downplayed that, and now everyone goes like, no, Ang Lee played the Hulk for the entire movie, which is unbelievable. Yeah, he's good. And there are some behind-the-scenes featurettes you can find now where you see Ang Lee in the bodysuit watching the modern going, okay, another take, another take. And then he goes and just hulks out. Right. And he's really fucking good. He's he's great. Like, he's tiny, and he looks really solemn, and then he's like, okay, new take. And then goes like, <laughs> and then just starts, like, slamming walls. It looks furious. Like, he's got, like, spittle flying out of his mouth. I mean, good for him. I, Ang Lee, he made this movie. I just, the other thing, is, I remember at the time, the, the narrative was also like, ILM, they're... They're like being left in the dust. Yeah. They're shitty because I think the Scorpion King thing had happened like a few years earlier. And you know Weta what I mean? had like emerged as being and this Weta, new And Weta, that's it. They, right. They've reinvented special effects. They cracked the code. And, that's, and then I feel like that reverses again. Like, you know, like it's it's like Weta kind of becomes a little cheesy. Like, but yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. This is uh, all very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it baseball. goes back and forth. But like, I mean, ILM had always been like the, the king of the industry, you know? Right. Uh, in terms of digital stuff. And Weta was like, Oh, Peter Jackson's like using the people that he set up in like a cabin in New Zealand to right. make the Lord of the Rings. Right. Like it seemed really rinky dink because it was like the best special effects artist in New Zealand. <laughs> um, but but everyone was like crazy about Gollum. So then when the Hulk thing comes out, I think people were like, oh man, imagine what the fucking Hulk's going to look like. And the answer is the Hulk looks really cartoony. Yeah, he looks like a big green person. I think he looks fine. I think he looks good. I have he, always he, he argued looks that it looks way good. better than. I, all right, here's how the I Edward would put Norton it. Hulk is terrible. He looks way better than the Edward Norton Hulk. I do think the Ruffalo Hulk is, is leaps it. and bounds it's better. Perfect. But that's yeah. you know they that's ten years on essentially. But I also think yes. the Ed Norton Hulk's terrible. He doesn't look um, big or scary. No, it's it's really it's weird. Bad. It it like isn't composited well. Yeah. He never looks. His hair is off. The mass is never really in place. I, I mean that movie had a greatly diminished budget in relation to yeah. this, and. Uh, you know, this movie is thought of as a flop and those two movies made the exact same amount of money. Yes, but this movie was pricier, right? It was pricier. Yes. But, uh, you know, I mean, I I think they essentially, in terms of profit, ended up about the same. That's possibly true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, the the Louis Leterrier movie made 263. This made uh, 245 worldwide. So, and, you know... Inflation, I, and, I and, and I also think uh, home video, like the DVD market, was a sure. lot stronger in two thousand three than it was in two thousand eight. So they were able to make up some of that. Right. Um, he makes a couple choices here that I think fucked him in terms of the perception of the general public. But I like one is that the Hulk is really fucking green in this movie. He's very green. He's like he's pea green. He's bright, bright, like vivid, yes. like Crayola green, yes. which makes him look unreal. 
He looks unreal. The other thing that makes him look unreal is that he's often covered in like oil or yes. something. So he sort of looks like he's been in like MS Paint. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I mean, this is a technical limitation thing. The thing they had not really conquered at this time was how to get flesh right. Right. In terms of the translucency of flesh. Uh-huh. So he just kind of looks like a big green sponge, if that makes sense. Right. He's just one. There's no... His skin is the same everywhere. Like, right. Right. He's right. just one thing. Like, you look at the Ruffalo Hulk, and it's Well, the like, Ruffalo Hulk's very... Right. Has hairs and, like, But uh, they also... Goosebumps They, they now like are that. able to build these things where they actually, like, build your vein system before they put the flesh on top of it. Right. And they build the flesh with a certain translucency, so it reacts to the light in certain ways. But the, the Ed Norton Hulk is, like, covered in it's veins, so but it just bad. looks goofy. Yeah, like, looks, look at that yeah, thing. Yeah, it looks so nasty. Like, the, the Ed Norton Hulk looks like... Looks like um, uh, a toxic Avenger. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like a toxic Avenger. It looks Avenger. to me like what would come up in like an augmented reality app. Yeah, he looks sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks really sick. It's dumb. That movie fucking sucks. Sick hole. It does. It really sucks. I knew it sucked and then I rewatched it. It's so banal. He makes him bright, bright green. He makes him, uh, he gives him the purple pants, which the other permutations stray away from. Age of Ultron gets it back a little bit. A little bit, but I, I will admit they go that brown, the purple they go blue. pants look bad. They just yeah. don't look like pants. No. They look like they're CGI. Like Which, they look worse than the Hulk. You'd think they'd be better at pants. The pants look really bad. <laughs> like was the guy on the pants like the bad like you know was he yeah. like this sort of like oh Jimbo. Yeah. Well, he was uh, on pants Let's dude, put yeah. him on pants and yeah. he's like, like hey guys I made some pants. I'm like shut up his yeah. pants are so No bad. he phoned it in because yeah. he's like oh great I'm the pants guy. Yeah right. He's like, we, we can't fire him. He's Jerry ILM. Uh, heir to the ILM for shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, like in the other studio, Ang Lee's like, yeah. and everyone's like, this is so fun. And the guy's like, someone's just modeling pants for him. Fucking pants. <laughs> Bullshit. The, Do you want another angle on the pants? No. The other, the other big stylistic choice he makes, which I think freaks people out, is they give Hulk a baby face. Yeah, that's the, I was about to say, if you didn't say that, yes, that is the real thing. He's got a sad baby face. Unless, this is kind of hot Hulk, he's, too. He's a handsome Are you Hulk. saying you like Hulk? You like babies? Well, yeah, okay. Ben. What you want to fuck, fuck Hulk babies? Baby? You said baby face. <laughs> no, you're right. People you're can right. have baby yeah. face. He has this sort of squishy, kind of like wounded look at yeah. all times. Like he rarely looks angry unless he's like really like full rage. And even when he's in full rage, he kind of looks like an angry baby. Like you know what I mean? But he, like when yeah. when like a toddler gets angry and then he starts crying and, and getting upset sort of about squ- the fact squ- that he's squishes been angry. his face yeah. up and right, yeah. They make it like a, a, a child. Yes. Um, okay. Well, now I feel weird. They make it yeah. like a he's infant not child. Right. Like he's <laughs> not hot. Right. They make him it all back. Exactly like the kind of character that Ben would want to. No. Follow. Stop. <laughs> no. No. But you're right. He Cut looks all out. He looks a little babyish, and I think that really turned people off. Like, really turned. People they off. thought of the Hulk as this because of the like Lou Ferrigno right. image of this like masculine brute. brute turned right. me off for sure. Uh, <laughs> You want to be clear? Yeah. 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 No, hey, ben, Come why, on, ben, why is the table rising right now? Oh my God. It's the most powerful boner I've ever <laughs> seen. Oh! You guys are the worst. The David, best thing is David that I can actually, actually lift, as a bit, the lift yeah. the table. So, um, the Hulk, he casts Eric Bana. Well, no, he casts. Go ahead. Billy Crudo. 
Uh, yeah, what happened there? Who they model the Hulk after Billy Crudup. Yeah, he looks like Billy Crudup. They start designing it after Billy Crudup, and then Billy Crudup's like, actually, I don't think I can be in a superhero movie. I don't want to be part of a big blockbuster. I, he bows out pretty late. And he was going up. Like, isn't that when Billy Crudup does his weird thing where he, like, dumps Mary Louise Parker, yeah. like, right around then? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he's going uh, going through some shit. Yeah. Um, but they but, cast Jennifer Connelly right off the Oscar. Yeah, she has just won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. She plays Betty Ross. Yes. Um, and Eric Bana, who it just he's in um, Black Hawk Down the year they're casting, and that right. was his sort of chopper had been his like emerging role. That was his. Black who is Hawk this Down guy? Was like wow, he's very handsome. He's very magnetic. He comes to Hollywood, everyone's trying him out. Uh, I, I he almost did Triple X. Do you know that? I didn't know that before Fast and Furious was so huge, and then Rob Cohn could go, "Hey, let's take our shirt off and make a Vin Diesel movie." Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were thinking it was going to be Eric Bana. Like every studio was like Eric Bana, interesting, and right, he had right. been an Australian comedy star. Um, he was like a, a sketch comedy sitcom guy. He had a, he had a sketch comedy show, the Eric Bana show, right? Yep. Um, but yep. then he does Chopper, where he plays this like larger than life, very gregarious. Sort of dangerous. A very Ben movie. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. He's good in it. He I mean, shows he's his great dick in at it. bars. Yeah, he's like I, the uh, past and future guest Sam Rogal's great joke is that like Chopper's about the most uh, lethal uh, serial killer in the history of Australia, and he killed like three people. We've made that joke on the podcast. I can't remember when it is, but yes. probably the Munich episode. Yeah, that was not Mark, Mark Chopper Reed. Uh, who now like writes children's books. So, yeah. you know, Australia is a weird place. Weird place. Um, so, but this is his, and then, you know, he's got Troy next year and then Munich the year after that. So this is his little run of like Eric Bana. We're going to make a list yeah. movie star. Yeah. And then after that, that's that, that's mm-hmm. the end of that. Then he becomes weird. Eric Bana and Eric Bana. Like he's the villain in Star Trek. He's uh-huh. the husband, funny people. Yep. Which he's, he's great in both he of those movies. He is great in both of those movies. He's really great in both of those movies. He's also like, it was just, he really got fucked over because like Lucky You was his follow up to Munich and right. that got like pushed and pushed like and two pushed. Two years, yeah. And then like the other Berlin girl where he plays Henry VIII, which is like a straight up embarrassing performance. Yeah. But like, you know, could have been a good, I mean, right. in, in theory, that's a fine choice. Like costume drama, you play a but, king. But it sort of just, never totally worked him. He's really good in Hannah as well. Good in Hannah. I mean, he, I think he's pretty good in The Time Traveler's Wife, which yeah, like made money, yeah. you know, like, but that one was famous for like, they had to do reshoots, but he'd shaved his head for the Star Trek. So yeah. like that took forever to get off the ground. He's, and now it's like, he's just like, I'll be in your TV show. You know right. what I mean? It's yeah. it's a little sad. I still think he's a good actor. I do too. He can be hammy. Yeah. Uh, like in something like The Finest Hours, I f- he sticks out a little bit. He's, he's like hitting he, things a little too hard. Yeah. But like, I like Eric Bana. I've always liked Eric Bana. But he's sort of become that now. Like he's yeah. sort of become weirdly like the the guy giving you the information across the You're desk. right that he's and Eric Bana. Because like in, in yeah. King Arthur, that's his role where it's right. like, let's give him 10 minutes at the top and that's that. You yeah. know, like... He's still big enough that he can make a little bit of an impact. Like, If you've been above the title in the way that he was, where they were really trying to push him as a leading man, you always have some value. But the value is pretty much now, if he's above the title proper, it's a very small movie, a foreign movie. Right. It's like him doing special correspondence with Drew Vase for Netflix. Oh, well, that was just right. a, a mistake. Or it's like Lone Survivor and Eric Bana. Finest Hours and Eric Bana. Yes. You know, King Hannah Arthur, and King Eric Bana. King Arthur, Funny he, People, he, Star Trek. He's in some TV show coming up. I just... I Roseanne, think, right? 
Dirty John. That's it. Dirty oh, John. He got cast right. as Dirty John. I just listened to Dirty yeah. John. Yeah, ben yeah. Penn was talking to me about Very that. good. That could be cool, actually. Sure. I mean, but it is sort of the sad thing, fact of life now where it's just like, I guess I'll do a TV show for like yeah. a streaming company. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Eric Bana, he's in this. That. No, no maybe that's the that. best thing an actor could possibly <laughs> achieve. Probably. David, yeah. <sighs> for me, you know what though? No, I'll say this. I'll say Ooh, this. This is getting awkward. I'll say this. <laughs> if you're doing a TV show for a streaming company, yeah, that's a little all over it. If you're doing a TV show for a streaming company that also is an online store, oh, that sounds and, like some And has never art. done anything wrong. Never done anything wrong. It is true that I often buy batteries from the company that also pays you to pull <laughs> them off. <laughs> you ever think about that? <laughs> you know the first thing. You know you can go to Amazon and find the first thing you ever bought. Like they have your whole really? history. And I went back, and it was the special edition DVD of Memento wow. in like 2001. You can also go back and see all the credit cards you've run up. Oh, totally. Yeah, where they're like, "Do you want us to use this one?" And I'm like, uh, "I know who doesn't want me to <laughs> yeah. use that one. Yeah. It's the good folks oh. at Mastercard." A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, there's a, there, it's just, I remember that special edition of Memento where they're like, it's going to be such a great DVD where it's like a bunch of slides. It looks like his case file. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. you put it in, you're like, I just want to watch the movie. And it's like, no, no, we've thought this through. You have to decode. Like the, me- isn't the menu like obtuse? Yes. Yeah. The menu is impossible to navigate. Yeah. You have to like Google, like, how do I watch the movie again? And they're like up, left, left, right. You know? <laughs> That's great, though. That's what it's people such were a still weird like. Cur- yeah, with like this could be a game. Yeah. Well, I I just remember when uh, when uh, Christopher Nolan came up to me at the uh, the post production house and and said I'm going to do a jazz DVD. <laughs> Whereas my Hulk Blu-ray, which I own, yeah, same here, is basically like you want to watch the movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have like a commentary, like it, they like, have special features, shoulder, but the yeah. menu is basically like uh, welcome to Hulk. Um, Play movie, uh, I don't know. And what the do, weird thing want? is, it's you saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me. It's David just I'm looking like, tired. Even yeah. I'm not into this. Yeah, <laughs> and I like the movie. <laughs> um, They're not we, paying me enough to be excited. Have we talked about DVD menus? How falling asleep? Oh yeah. Oh, them, so then and you, it right, just right. plays on loop. Right. That must like like just drive you crazy. It, I feel like, like there's some weird osmosis in the brain. Happening. Yeah. Uh, my my friend Jessalyn, great comedian. Her Twitter bio, I believe, used to be sex stuff during DVD menus, <laughs> which I think is just such a good evocation it's still her bio. of it's so good. Yeah, it's funny. Because it is that thing of like pre-Netflix yeah, and chill. Let's, like let's you want to come over the, and watch a movie. Over. Exactly. Right. right. It's pre-Netflix. And, and then chill. there's still like, like a loop that. of someone going like, wow, like right. every two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're watching <laughs> like, a spy who shagged me, yeah, and like it's still Seth like yeah, do, 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 do. Right. <laughs> like, and like choose an option, baby. Yeah, they have Clips of the movie sometimes. One million special features. Like they have those little like sound bites. I remember the Spy Shag Me one specifically is like Austin dancing and he's like pointing to the different right. menu options and just Soul Bossa Nova over and over again. Oh I had the God. weirdest dreams. Yeah. <laughs> God. I will say this though. The Ride with the Devil Blu-ray, I think that score is so good that mm. I kept it on because I liked the, no, the ambient looping. I think Criterion yeah. does a good does job a good of job. like, let's make sure even the looping menu 
is sort of serene and atmospheric, like not like, I mean, it'd be weird if that was ride with the devil where it's like Skeet Ulrich pointing a gun at the various options. Choose an option, baby. (laughs) Uh, No, but they like, they sort of have like very meditative visuals that are on a loop and then they pick long uh, soundtracks. But hey, it's been an hour. Let's talk about my favorite Ang Lee movie. Now we can get into the meat of the film. Yeah. Uh, The opening I love because he sets right off the bat, mm. uh, the sort of visual, uh, sort of how, how visually indebted this movie is to classic Marvel comics. Absolutely, this opening credit sequence is applying the sort of philosophy of like make every panel as dynamic as possible. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. especially in those early like tales to astonish type things, strange tales, what have you, mm-hmm. where um, a lot of those stories were set up as one shots. Right, and even when you move on to ongoing titles. They didn't very often do multi-issue arcs. They never basically did. And sometimes they would do two stories per issue, like 11 page stories. And like, I mean, that's why I love, like I've been Spider-Man. I've been reading old Spider-Man's where it's just like, like there's one really early one where Dr. Octopus who like three issues ago, like hijacked a nuclear sub or something. And they're like, he's being let out of prison for good behavior. And you're like, I guess they just had to like, they had to move this along. Those things just truck. Like they move so fucking fast. And this whole opening credit sequence of like David Banner with all his experiments where it's like, A, they're using these great angles, these extreme close-ups, a lot of- Paul Kersey. Yeah. Like he's not doing like fucking- uh, Joel Schumacher, but he's very subtly like getting the colors and the sort of angles, making them look real world. But that sort of like dynas- dynamic sort I, of visual. I agree. Style. I mean, I think it's never been done before since practically. I no. mean, like you you mentioned Schumacher, but Schumacher was like by comic booky. Do we mean just sort of over the top? Because right. I shoot it like an eighties music video, like a lot of dry ice, a lot of like neon. Like whereas like he's approaching this like Roy Lichtenstein, where he's like, right. what makes a good comic book panel? Exactly. You know, like, what's the composition? Everything is composition. It's yeah. like, should his face be like, you know, can we do these weird deep focus shots? Right. Like, all these one face is sort of things. like right in the right in the foreground and right. furrowed brow. And, and I yeah, forgot, yeah, yeah. like, because you I obviously remember the panels, which they don't do that much. They, they do it more towards the end. They do it a lot at the beginning and a lot at the end. It yeah. kind of, they do do it a lot at the beginning. It feels like he really wants to do it during the action sequences at the end. Yes. And he does it a bunch at the beginning just to acclimate people. Exactly. And then he sort of throttles down. Yeah. But this movie also does all the like overlapping sort of image stuff that then like Speed Racer really takes to the next level where it's like. Yes. Yeah, so, right. You're right. Speed Racer. Someone walks into someone else's frame, yes. you know, and all it that. feels I like shit. I love that. You shit. know what else does it? What? A movie called Draft Day. Yep. 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 A movie called Draft Day. Yep. 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 Oh, what's yep, that about? Yep, 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 yep. It's about a very ambitious intern oh, who sure. on his first day of work mm-hmm. is He's saddled. He's saddled yep. with four cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And a broken laptop. <laughs> um, no. So is saddled with an unsightly tan. In fact, let's talk about it. Well, let's not talk Tell about it. Um, Gryffindor is all. Gryffindor is all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I love about this opening credit sequence is that it feels like this is the opening of an issue that would have a bunch of Stanley narrative blocks Absolutely. above it, where it's like, by night, scientist David Banner works on experiments that would shock you to your core, and it's like the shot of him like cutting open the starfish, you know? 
Uh, yes, yes, yes. That then, starship, starfish thing, like, is funny because the heat really leans on it, and then it doesn't come back for two hours, yes. and then it finally does. Yeah. yeah. Um. But but you see all this experimentation. This Danny Elfman score, I love. They heikle. They they heikled. Jesus Christ. They Catherine heikled it. You're they right. Catherine heikled they it. They did. She edited this movie. They hired Michael Dania, yes. who had worked on Angley's past. Couple yeah, of he scores the ice storm. He scores Rabbit the Devil. I can't remember if he did any before. I think that's it because to- yeah. Patrick Doyle did since then. Right, and he was like, uh, but he'll work with Ang Lee again. Life is pa- life scores of pie. Life of Pi. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, does the score, and Universal's like, "This is too sad. This right. is too weird. Let's hire a normal superhero guy." Danny Elfman. Right. And it is at the time where it's like, oh, well, Danny Elfman did the Batman he did theme. Ba- he did Spider-Man. He did the Spider-Man theme. Yeah. He is, you know, the premier superhero score writer. Right. So they hire him. And at that point, they're like, we hired the guy. That's fine. We won't look at. Uh, at yeah, sure. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to go get coffee. Right. I'm sure it's all going to be great. And yeah. he listens. He's like, so what was the problem with the old score? And they play on the Michael Daniels score. And he's like, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like, do something like this. Yeah, maybe I'll just sort of like spruce this up like ten percent, like you know, just light right. a little lighter, but like, yeah. But it's like one of the least triumphant Such superhero score. scores. It's so good, but it's very like eerie. It's El- it's sad, you know. Elfman's fascinating because what happened to him? I, he now is he's just a bit in of a sort of now. fucking work for hire mode. Yeah, boingo, boingo. Like, what's the last interesting score he did? Oh, let's look at the discography. Right? I'm going to guess it's like a Burton movie, but I don't even know. But I can't tell you what like the last he good did the Burton Justice score League is. score. And right. I don't remember anything except when he reused the Quotes Batman his own theme. stuff. Right. Uh, boy. I mean, remember? I remember that he worked on the Avengers: Age of Ultron score, which is which is fine. Less good than the Sylvester score from the first movie. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of going back and I'm not seeing anything. Because even his last good Burton is probably Big Fish. You know what his last great score is? Is Milk. That's a oh. phenomenal score. Oh, but that that's like 10 years score. ago. So, yeah, yeah, 10 years ago. That's a phenomenal score. A phenomenal score. Uh, since then, he's kind of sucked. This is one of my favorite scores of his. Uh, and then the movie like goes from that open credit sequence to like starts jumping around in time so aggressively. Yeah, uh, my favorite thing is that five different children play young Bruce Banner because yeah. it's like two-year-old, four-year-old, eight-year-old. Like, right. you know, like, it's so weird. But that's like the old Marvel thing of like, you got 30 pages, you got to set this up. You can't spend more than two panels on any given plot yeah. point. Um, but the plot that they're setting up is that David Banner was going to make super soldiers using mm-hmm. modified DNA to strengthen, like, from, yeah, to, like, to make us rebuild our yeah. wounds Stronger and all that. Skin, Thaddeus Ross, who comes off in this movie as a pretty reasonable dude. A Thunderbolt. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross uh, denies him the permission to use human subjects, so yeah. he just does it on himself and then has a child who he has, like, cursed with this genetic abnormality. Right. It's a Sins of the Father movie. It is. Um, and, and it is a it is a trauma movie. It's a repressed it's trauma It's a movie, movie about repressed trauma and yeah. Freudian hatred yeah. and uh, spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but, but that's in this opening mental sequence. Mental illness. have this thing. <laughs> this, like, the genius who puts uh, his work before his family. Yes. Sure. For sure. But, but I like that the movie just. Also, he's like crazy starfish man. Right. <laughs> It'd be very easy to make him just the bad ben is dad. Wishing himself swishing. right now. He just hit a shot from midcourt. Uh, the uh, uh, come on, go on, Griffin. Come on. Oh my God, Griffin's me. Everything. Yeah, this I'm is the his goof. like favorite. Movie. I'm the I'm goof. Favorite. I'm late. I'm yeah. like yeah. yeah you, you're is... griffing it pretty hard this episode. I am. All right. Sorry. Sorry. 
Uh, a shittier version of this I have movie. To go throw up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even joke about that. Don't even joke. Oh my god. Thank you. My high five. Mm-hmm. Um, the shitty version of this movie would just be like the dad cares too much about his job, uh, yeah, which is essentially right. what Ross is. That's uh, his relationship with Betty is that he's kind it, yes. of emotionally distant in this movie and in general. Doesn't and know how to reach out to her. Right. Yeah. And instead, it's like the trauma of Bruce's very very young childhood is like real fucking trauma. Is is buried and they dance like, around it for a so while horrifying. but we right. s- for so long have this lingering shot that keep on coming back to of him standing outside the door where he hears his parents screaming from the other side right and it's like spoiler alert david stabbed the mommy yeah he yeah. was trying to kill baby bruce right Who and in like the process monster right killed his mother in front of bruce's eyes yes now but also was a drunk, was irascible, was violent. Yes, but that. I think there's yes, but I think there's some implication that the, like experimenting on himself sort of drove him mad, yeah. right? You right. know, right? right. Like yeah. there's I it's it's all so like unspoken, and there's no narration, which is right. funny to think about because you're talking about these old comics, and you're right, right? They did pack, but you know, the Marvel method was like Stan Lee would sit. Jack Kirby yeah. down or whatever and be like, it's this, this ID is like a scientist. He turns into the Hulk. Go draw it. And right. the guy would draw it. And then Lee would write everything around the art and he would just fucking go on crazy tangents. Right. Like, you right. know, which if you read early Marvel, they don't have a lot of dialogue. No, it's, it's just a lot Lee of, boxes. It's uh, Lee narration. boxes, yeah. right? Very verbose, sort of incredibly like verbose, like over explaining things that may, like right. maybe like Ditko had drawn some panel and Lee's like, why is Spider-Man doing this? I'll I'll think of, I'll think of some weird thing, right. you know, like, and it's uh, I love it. And and we got these little vignette scenes that feel like that, except with dialogue. The casting on both young Sam Elliott and young Nick Nolte is really good. In it this is movie. I, like I, yeah, they the, get their energies down so right, and and especially with Sam Elliott, you look at the actor playing young Thunderbolt Ross, and you're just like. God, that upper lip is Jones and for a mustache. Get a push broom on you that. You gotta fucker. get a push broom on that fucker. But so we cut ahead yeah. uh to Bruce Krenzler. Right. <laughs> who's a scientist, uh, knows nothing of his past. Right. You know. And the one thing you get in between to sort of bridge at your first like sort of longer dialogue scene is Celia Weston with Right. It's not even that Bruce. long. No, but yeah, it's, it's like a minute. At yeah. this point we're like six minutes into the movie and we've seen like 18 scenes. It's true. You know, because it's a true. bunch of like one oh, panel. And there was, you know, like the credits were over it like in right. dramatic fashion. Yes. Right. And they use like the Marvel font, the classic Marvel they font. They do, which, the I credit, love. which I love. Bring that back, baby. Bring it back. Um, so, yeah, Bruce is a scientist. He's dating Betty Ross. Well, they just broke up. At the beginning of the film, they yeah, just broke up. I guess so. Because, uh, what's his name, uh, who now only plays Creeps, Kevin Rankin? Kevin Rankin, yes. Yeah, who now plays like methy neo-Nazi creeps he, on like Breaking Bad and stuff. He does. I mean, he was in like Justified and he was yeah. in Breaking Bad and he was in, uh, but he was in like Friday Night Lights around now. He's a great he's actor. Very good actor. I just love that in this he plays like a Griffin he's Newman type. He's just the friend, right. Yeah, right. who's like, hey, how you doing, bud? Right, he goes, were you wearing that helmet when she broke up I with know, you? This thing where he's wearing the fucking helmet. <laughs> love it. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <sighs> Don't worry, I'll get it. I'll get it, Ben. Nemo! Nemo! I'm looking for Nemo! Nemo, uh, have you seen Nemo? N- uh, no. Um, it's me, Albert Brooks. Oh. Actor, filmmaker, comedian, writer. Sure, I'm a huge fan of you, Albert. Thank you, I'm looking for Nemo. Have you seen Nemo? I, no. I have not seen a, a fish. It's not a fish. It's, 
Oh, boy, this is kind of embarrassing. So, you know, I've been involved in some very famous film projects. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm very proud of my work, not boastful, but proud. And so I like to name my personal belongings after my, my greatest film works. Oh, I see. Okay, so what, what are you looking for in particular? My microwave. I, I call it Lost in America. Okay. You know, my dresser, I, I call it Broadcast News. Sure. And my linens, I call Nemo. They're my Brooks linens. Oh, I okay. Albert Brooks's linens are yeah. called Nemo, and I can't find them anywhere. Um, that's that's terrible. Because Nemo, Brooklyn you is- think you can do these things, but you can't. Okay, Brooklyn. Brooks linens? No, no, Brooklyn. Oh, singular. Yes. Okay. Non-possessive. They're not my linens. But they are going to be a great replacement for your missing linens. Because here's the deal. All right, Brooklyn sheets were named the winner of the best online betting category by Good Housekeeping, okay? They get rave reviews from Business Insider. Everybody's talking about it. the way I got rave reviews for my supporting performance and drive? You're good in that. Thank you. Very proud. It's just nice to be part of a good project. So let me just tell you some stuff about it. Try to get you excited. All right, so this is the the deal. Doesn't take much to get Albert Brooks excited. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'll just make a quick I'm adjustment. Up the levels there. That's fine. So here's the deal with Brooklyn. All okay. right, it was founded in 2014 by a husband and wife team named Vicky and Rich Fullop, and their mission like was to romance. make five star hotel quality sheets for everyday life, but without the luxury markup. And I mean, I'm I'm on board so far. It sounds great. And these sheets don't just feel great, but they look great, too. And there's different colors and materials to choose from. Like Meryl Streep in Defending Her Life. Not just a great performance, but she looks great. <laughs> not to be, you know, not to You're, objectify her, but... Well, yeah, I'm... Yeah. But we all kind of wore linens in that movie. I don't know if you say it's a heaven-set picture. I haven't seen it. Okay. Are well, you, I don't take it personal. No, it's a good film. I mean, I, not to pat myself on the back. Go on. You are patting yourself on the back. Well, okay. Uh, so, Albert, uh, I think that you and our listeners will benefit from this deal today that we're offering. Okay, so the Brooklyn sheets that David, myself, and Griffin all use. Hey, I'm Griffin. By the way, I was right here. Oh, oh yeah, nice to meet you. This is uh, Albert Brooks. This is Griffin Newman. Big fan. Oh, thank you, thank you. Their sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets that I've ever slept on. Wow. And I think we all agree in the room, do we not? Yeah. Brooklyn.com is giving an exclusive offer just what? for our listeners. Okay. So if you want to get $20 off and free shipping, just use promo code check at Brooklyn.com when you check out. All okay, right. So I do, what you're saying is I have to go to the website and check out. Those are the only two instructions. No, no, right? you, no you use the code check at checkout and you'll get $20 off and free shipping. All right. And now, not only that, Brooklyn is so sure that you'll love their new sheets that they will offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. Wow. Now, Ben, let me ask you a question. Yes. What if needy was sexy? Needy? I was quoting broadcast news. You know what? You're right. I am maybe a little too boastful of my own work. Just proud of my career. You should be proud of your career. Dory! What is that? I'm testing out. I think I would name these new sheets Dory, so I'm seeing how that sounds. Dory! Where'd you go, Dory? Yeah, no, it's a good fit. Well, it sounds like I'm going to make Brooklinen my new Brooks linens. Once again, the only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code check at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code check. 
Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. I'll do anything for these sheets. I see what you did there. That's a film I'll do. It's a rare failure for me. Can I pitch you an idea? No, absolutely not. So, uh, the idea is, and, and Betty pretty much calls this out, mm-hmm. it, it's like she falls for men like her father. She falls for yes, men who she can't Bruce really know. And Bruce is very know. distant. Yes, right, yes. right. So, she, he's not exactly the same in terms of temperament as her father, but he's just sort of inaccessible. Agreed. And she has this longing to reach for these men who you need to sort of dig out. Now, how do you feel about the character of Bruce Banner in this movie? Just Bruce. So I love that he is so thoroughly born. He's very born. Very born. Because I do feel like, and I don't like the Louis Leterrier movie. You know, the Edward Norton movie. Yeah. But I do feel like that movie clearly saw this movie and was like, we need Bruce to be like a character who we spend a lot of time You want to make him a protagonist who you care about. Right, because that movie is about Bruce trying to control his rage and Bruce like doesn't turn into the Hulk for a long time and all that, you know what I mean? Whereas this movie is like, meet Bruce Banner. He's totally boring. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, it's like the key to this movie in terms of what Ang Lee wants to say is that Bruce has to be completely vacant as a human being. Right. Because it's like... He's buried it all It's all bottled trauma. Uh, But he is kind of hot, so I guess... That's that's a great yeah, and I think Banner's good in it. Like he's he's very. I, he's I think good. he's got he's a fine. good intensity. I think he's yeah. really good at the hulking out moments. Yeah, because no, especially yeah. like with the technology where it was at this point in time, where a full transformation is hard to show. The moments where he's like building the rage yeah. and sort of like banging the floor, maybe. Yeah, or something like that, that shit's really good. But yeah, it's like it's good by design. It's sort of the workhorse character that that is the least glamorous and the least uh, sort of rewarding to play right so they they very quickly get into um they're they're doing these tests very quickly uh they're doing gamma radiation tests to rebuild cells just right. like his dad was but they keep on exploding frogs yeah they do they blow up a frog which is gross now he was adopted by celia western foster parents he doesn't know his real parents yes she keeps on asking him don't you want to know and he goes like don't care Mm-hmm. Don't care. Don't want to look into it. And meanwhile, Betty's leaving the office one night mm-hmm. and uh, a lowly janitor is cleaning the floor. And they shoot him from behind so you'll have no idea who the janitor is. Exactly. Uh, who are you? Phantom. I'm not worried. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's I'm dead. the actor you should recognize. I'm going to later. I'm your father, Brendan. Yeah, it's a total chameleon performance. My favorite genre of film is Bad Dad Nick Nolte. <laughs> yes, please. Now, Nick. I'll do anything, Warrior Hulk. That's my triple feature. Nick Nolte, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's his middle name? Lawrence? King! What? Nicholas King Nolte! The king of acting! Exactly. So, uh, King Nolte here. My, my friend Doug Rosenberg made a joke that. I, I think about every time I watch a Nick Nolte performance, and it's funnier than to me than most things I've ever heard in my life. We were watching The Thin Red Line together. Great movie. And, and he's good in it. He's amazing. He yeah. should have been nominated for that. Yeah, arguably. 100%. The only problem is there's like 400 men in that movie that he's, are like a lot of them are really good. The best performance in that movie, I would argue. And he's got the most showcase. He's right up scenes. there. I mean, I think Caviezel's very good in that movie. Anyway, go I on. Too. But he's got a, one of the scenes where he's like screaming like, I said launch the missiles now. Yeah. Doug turns to me and he goes, more like neck Nolte. <laughs> and I said, what? Why neck Nolte? And he said, because his veins are popping out of his neck. Yeah, I got it. I got it. 
I do think it's interesting. Like you go from I'll do anything. Nick Nolte. He's always had the voice, which is 1994. Right. Yeah, know, so nine years previous. The, the idea that there are nine years between these two films. Then in one film, Nick Nolte is like the well-meaning sort of hunky. Yeah, he's hunky. Father he's of big. a four-year-old. <laughs> and in this, it's like Hulk's degenerate hobo. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is literally. Like, I've been living under another man's testicles for twenty-five years. <laughs> oh my god! Like his poodles are like his spirit animal. Yeah. Where he's like, you ever seen a poodle that looks like it wants to? eat you <laughs> like, was voted people's sexiest man alive in 94 i believe no right? no no it was in it was in 91 i think it was for the prince of tides okay even uh, but still yes. yes well i was about to say you know even in like so you've got like um mulholland falls afterglow mm-hmm. u-turn affliction these are like he's still a leading man like mulholland falls he like has a love scene with jennifer Connolly, who's in this movie i know but i'm saying like in that time i know, I know. it's like and then then this it's like He's like a ghoul who's haunting Jennifer Connelly. Well, this is what I'm trying to get to. It's like Thin Red Line 98. Even then, like you say, maybe he's neck nolte. Yeah, he's still like a person. Yeah. Uh, The Golden Bowl. Yeah, that's right. He was like a lead in a fucking Merchant Ivory. uh, Yeah. And then in 2002, he's in The Good Thief. Which uh-huh. uh, you know, people barely remember a Neil the Bob Jordan Flambeau movie, remake, Bob Laflamme right? yeah. remake, and he's playing like a man who is made of vodka, right? <laughs> and you're like, it's not like you saw the movie and you were like, "Wow, what a transformation by Nick yeah. Nolte," but you are kind of like, "Wow, he's a real wreck in this movie," yeah. and he just is a wreck from then on. And and the other thing is, when this movie is being shot, he has his DUI. He does. He's got he's the arrested. famous the famous image of him in like the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, where he is shooting this and he looks like this. Right. And everyone's like, oh, Nick Nolte has fucking fallen on hard times. Right. Which like, on one hand, I think Nick Nolte was starting to crumble. On the other hand, he had grown his hair out for a role to play a guy who was starting to crumble. That's not, that's not to, uh, you know, um, uh, defend drunk driving or whatever, At you know, and, and also apparently had like a lot of GHB in his system. And so hey, like, all right, Nick. Listen, he wasn't doing Sometimes, great. Daddy likes to have a little bit too much sauce. <laughs> sure. He's got to get got to get home somehow. Yeah. You know what I like, mean? Tropic Thunder is five years after this. Yeah. And that's like, it, at that point, it's just sort of like a stereotype that that's what Nick Nolte is. He's like a comedic reference point. What did you just do on the computer, Ben? No, his no, phone made I'm noise. griffing out. He's just really griffing so the hard. fuck out. And we were just laughing about it. Anyway, um, Nolte, so phenomenal that, in this movie. I am new. What happened to Gary? He died. <laughs> <laughs> he's I just love that he's the worst janitor where he's like being a janitor is just you mop one circle in the floor right yeah. like in a corner we've been talking about how bad 2003 was for supporting actor I would have slid him in so fucking hard I for I'd this slide him in yeah especially at the end but so th- that's the basic dynamic you have going on Bruce is doing his testing he and Betty are broken up but still on personable terms I like that it's just sort of like Look, Bruce, I can't date you anymore. And they're like still right. working together with no animosity. And he's kind of trying to get her back, but he isn't really. He, he's a bit of a cipher. And then there's an accident. Right. Now, does, does Ross call Betty before or after that? There's the scene where they get lunch that I love. I think it's, I can't remember exactly. Ross might be on the scene. Because the two things that happen are Talbot has been sniffing around them. Talbot, Josh Lucas playing a real heel. Uh, yes, Josh Lucas coming right off of like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. But yeah, Talbot, who's like a classic 
villain of the early, early, early Hulk comics. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, sort of a, 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 a raw stooge. Yeah. Right. Well, he's like in the military. He's like a yeah. major, but yes. Um, but he wants to sort of buy out their right. he wants in. technology. And then Ross is kind of sniffing around, which Betty thinks is her father trying to connect with her. But then she realizes. And you look at that scene where they get lunch together. And it's like, this will never exist in a superhero movie ever Shoot. Again. Me, tell me why. Because it's a scene that is about who is the character who is uh, ostensibly the romantic interest of the film. Right. And her fractured relationship with her father, who is the villain, but right. played with zero histrionics. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I remember when Elliot was cast. Yeah. And I was a big comic book fan. I was like, oh, my God, of course. Like, he's Nailed like it. basically looks like the drawn yes. Yes. Ross, yes. like, which is this sort of like stone faced guy with a big mustache. Yeah. And remember, we were soldiers had just come out. Yes. And in the trailer, there's that line at the end where Mel Gibson's like, what about Custer? Like Custer's last stand or something. And he's yeah. like, Custer was a pussy. And yeah. you're like, right. Okay. He's going to do that. Doesn't really do that. It's one of his sadder performances. It is. It's a very quiet performance that he never like, you know, freaks out really. I guess he like yells a little bit. Yeah. I love that. I, I think he plays this with very a, controlled and, and it, with a knowledge of how shitty he is as a dad. Yes. Like he when knows she calls he's him not out, a great dad. it's like his frustration at the fact that he can't just figure out how to relate to her. Um, but and like, yeah, there's that early thing. And I can't remember if it's right. I think it's I think it is right before because she's like, what are we? What is it that we're sniffing around this here? And he's scene, like right. classified. And she's like, of course, classified. Right. Like, that's you what know. I love about the scene is it's like an incredible show. Don't tell scene yeah. where it's like, OK, the movie just slows down. The the love interest goes to meet up with the villain. And immediately he starts talking about other stuff. And it tells you everything you need to know about their relationship. And Jennifer Connelly plays this. Everyone in this movie plays it like. Ingley said, I mean, going to like the solemn tone on set, he was like, I constantly want to tell them, don't play it like you're in a Hulk movie. Right. Like Greek tragedy. This is an adult drama. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of the Hulk movie in post. I know. And, we're, and again, we're only a few years removed from like the Schumacher type yeah. Batman and Robin movie where Schumacher was like more more. Like this is silly. This is fun. Like, But these you know. are like real scenes of adults talking. Yes. And even when you get to like the Nolan Batman movies that have that sort of like maturity to them. The scenes of adult talking are still like pretty much plot scenes. They're all plot scenes. They're all plot scenes. They're all shoe leather. Yes. They're shoe leather with good dialogue and fun performances. But this movie has just like emotional relationship scenes. And those emotions are always bottled. Like Jennifer Connelly is one of the best actors at starting to cry or holding in tears. She's a good actress. I love her. Can we talk about her for a second? I fucking love her. So she just won the Oscar. And like she'd been around. She's a kid star. She's in Labyrinth, right? right? You know? And then in the 90s, she's sort of like a like sex pot. Like it's right. like, oh, Jennifer Connelly. She's Inventing so the Abbots, hot. Inventing Falls, the Abbots, right. the hot spot, all these like kind of like. Temptress. Slight, yeah. Right, exactly. Slightly sort of like trashy movies. And then. Beautiful Mind she, was like kind of out of nowhere game changer all of a sudden. Well, no, 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 no. Because there, oh, oh, there's Requiem Waking the Dead and Requiem yes, for a Dream and Pollock all right. in 2000, which right. are all these like good, serious performances. Waking yeah. the Dead's an underrated movie. But I agree Speaking with that. Billy yeah. And then, yeah, Requiem for a Dream. She she goes through a lot of shit in that movie, but yeah. she's good. Right. Um, this year, she also has House of Sand and Fog, which she gets an Oscar nomination. Doesn't get an Oscar she nomination She doesn't get for, it. She but should've. she's like sort of in, that movie's rough. I don't love that movie. She's great in it, I think. Yeah, but that movie's rough. Yeah. I think she's the third best, though. I think, like, because yeah, they nominate Kingsley all, and Agadashlu, who right, are both I think all three of them should have been nominated. She, anyway, um, 
And so she's still like at this point, like a prestige actress. And she's kind of like now the the queen of cinematic suffering. Like yeah, she's she the does. long she's suffering. The long, yeah. She could be the long suffering wife emotionally, or she can be like Requiem for a Dream, suffering where it's literally like suffering. throw everything at her. Because in 05, you got Dark Water, which is a decent little horror uh-huh. movie, I think. In 06, you have Little Children. Uh, where she like has, has such nothing, an uninteresting nothing character. Nothing to do. Yeah, that's like so Winslet's we- movie is is that's Winslet's movie. And yeah. it's so weird. You go like, okay, so now it's 2006. Jennifer Connelly's five years on from winning an Oscar, and we don't know what to do with her. Like she's already in a rut. I, I also think she's one of the most beautiful actresses of all time. She's very pretty. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know why it is that maybe it's just because she plays a lot of like dark characters. Like she rarely got it. Like she. By the time she's in, he's just not that into you, which is 09. Which she's also really fucking good in. I, I don't remember, honestly. That but movie like, is bad, and it's, it's another one of those movie. things where every time they cut to the Jennifer Connelly plot line, you're like, Jennifer, you don't have to work this hard. I know, but, but she it felt like, it one like of those, she's in House of Sand and Fog. Right, but it felt like one of those things where she's like, finally, I get to play like a not suicidal character. And she plays it really sad. Yeah, and then... It's just it's just over for her. Like yeah. I mean, obviously she's in. So she's in like the dilemma. She's in Noah, right, which is like she's in Noah dilemma. with uh, her, yeah. her her former requiem director. Which like she's solid in all these things, but you feel like she doesn't really get. God, I forgot the fucking dilemma. Weird, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she's good in this. This is her big post Oscar lap. Yeah, she's good. And she, and she. Kind it's a rough of- role. Betty Ross is a rough role because it's basically like. At a certain point, you just want to be to Betty Ross, like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, get out of here. But I think what helps this movie is making it so much about her relationship with her father and sort of giving her the reins of the story. Because, yeah, very shortly after this, uh, Bruce gets into the uh, accident. Gamma accident. The uh, In the lab, he pushes Rankin out of the way and stands in front of the Stands thing. in front of a big metal ball. And everything turns green. Yeah, because like, you know, the classic Hulk accident's like a, a nuclear test accident. Oh. And I guess they just... Dis- Which we keep on seeing the well, flashbacks, we see, the right, mushroom That's what clouds. I'm saying. Like, yeah. they decide to link it through that, yeah. like, dual thing of like, yes, in the past there was a nuclear test. Yeah. And then this is what unlocks it. I guess just deciding, like, no one tests nuclear bombs in 2003, so let's not do that. I guess yeah. that's the idea. Which, like, know. here's a thing I love in this movie. Like, Amazing Spider-Man 2, a garbage film made by garbage people, uh, tries to do the thing where it's like, oh, but he was destined to be Spider-Man all along right. because his father experimented on him. I hate so the that. spider bite I just forgot, I forgot about unlocked that. it. Yeah. Like, he was always going to be Spider-Man. Like, why? Who cares? Exactly. What, Who cares? What the fuck? This movie's actually saying something, which is... The whole heroism of Spider-Man is that he gets the powers and realizes they're for good. Right. Like, and it, it takes, could be it takes in learning a very tragic lesson. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the it's not as Spider-Man, much fun if no. he's been groomed for the role. The key to Spider Man is that he was not a likely superhero exactly. and he chooses to do the right thing. Then you want to Thank God this, it was a spider and not like another kind of bug. Nat. 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 The amazing man. Nat. Man. <laughs> but it's just like the, they make it this whole fucking thing. In this movie, it's like, I think, a pretty good sort of analog for like, He's got this repressed trauma and the gamma radiation is like the triggering incident, you know? Exactly. Right. It's yeah. like, it, it's not the thing that turns him into the Hulk, 
that's been inside of exactly. him that's the whole always, time. Right. The that's Hulk's the damage no fun of his if it's father. just a monster. Right. It's not. It's him. It's his worst or whatever. Most angry. But that's also what happens to people who experience great trauma is it's like they usually don't break down immediately afterward, especially if it's childhood trauma. You yeah, know? that's fair. Like very often you have people like Bruce Banner who seem really boring and really together and then just have a complete psychotic break at some point. You uh-huh. know? Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just think he, you know, I, I think there's some angry visuals. We go into his bloodstream. Love you it. see some of the shit. And then it pretty quickly goes to him in the hospital. And he's like, I feel better than I've ever yeah, felt. Yeah, he wakes before. up and they're like, you should be dead. Right. You should be melted Jennifer like Connelly's that frog. like crying at his deathbed. And he's like, no, I'm good. My, my bad knee's my good knee now. I'm yeah. killing it. Right, right. I don't need a bike helmet anymore. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a loser. And then, which is what I kind of forget is like, then Nick Nolte's like, oh, great, my chance to shine. Like, I thought yeah. he lurked for longer. He kind of just sort of butts he only in really almost lurks immediately. Once and then shows up at the hospital. The only other scene I feel like we skipped over, we should mention, and I just love the the visual, because this is like the most speed racery moment, is when we're already trucking through that opening and Bruce like goes back home and takes the Kodak photo envelope envelope out of his desk, which is such a great like, Oh, right. You used to have like a wallet of photos right. from like the photo developer. Right. And he takes out the Betty photo and then it goes into the Betty photo. Oh, I love that. I love any of those transitions. They're, they're so, so they're great. They're so comic book. Yeah. And he, uh, she talks about her nightmare she keeps on having. Right. Which is, it starts with her earliest memory, which is like presumably one of the few times that her and her father seemed to have an emotional moment when he took her out for ice cream. Right. The explosion goes on in the test site. And then seeing him. Yeah. And then it turns into Bruce choking her. Yeah. Um, so these two guys being very linked in her mind, despite the fact that they seem very different. <sighs> this is true. Yeah. Um, so Bruce is visited by a homeless grundle man uh-huh. <laughs> who yeah. claims to be his father. I know I can see that you know it's true. Yeah. This made me think like this is like a scam or something. Right. Or just like like people could just go to the hospitals and do this. Yes. And, and that's kind of terrifying. But well, sure. You need to hit on an orphan, though. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. I guess he's not even an orphan. He's like, what are you talking about? I was raised by these people. They're right. My like he family. knows they weren't his biological right. parents, but he also doesn't care. Right. He, my, my parents died in an accident or this whatever. This isn't your last name. Your last name is Hulkopter. <laughs> yeah. Doctor, your last name is Doctor. Yeah, come on. <laughs> David Doctor. Um. So he starts. Yeah, he just on. goes right in. He's right. just like, I'm your dad. DNA experiments. <laughs> you know, like, right? Like, yeah. It's so preposterous. But then, but then he leaves him, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like he also has an early combo with Betty around there, doesn't he? He does. I think it's in the lab. Isn't yeah. it when they're at the lab late one night? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I can see what he sees in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling into those eyes. And she's like, I'm sorry, you're the new janitor, right? <laughs> no, I'm your ex-boyfriend's father. <laughs> I might be a mad scientist. And what's going on? So You up. Bruce Bruce. <laughs> Bruce turns into the Hulk pretty quickly after this. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of like Bruce is having the nightmares. The first time you see the Hulk is like 30 minutes in. There's that one shot of him standing in the shadowy doorway. Yes. And then at minute 40, it's like he's at the lab. And I think that's when it is that Nolte starts needling him, right? Because Nolte's there when he Uh, hooks out for the first time. 
Mm, is he there? I feel like he then leaves and then Bruce hooks out, smashes some stuff and then wakes up at home. Like it's like, it's all in like himself, but Nolte's no, Nolte's, Nolte's there because there's the moment where Nolte comes face to face with him. And he goes like, it's beautiful. My son. Yeah. That's is that, in the that's first, the first one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the I mean, obviously Nolte yeah. is trying to see like, is there something like, you know, was I right? Like, is this the monster? I thought I like, right. He's like, right. Can you see if he can harness Bruce's, mutation right right um and and it is like it's an upsetting sequence like i think the key to the hulk dramatically and the reason why i contend like everyone always talks about wanting a ruffalo solo hulk i love the ruffalo hulk it's really fun it works really well they got the characterization down pat the reason he keeps on working is because they're not making him the lead of his movies yeah the problem with the hulk narratively is that you don't want to see him turn into the Hulk. If the Hulk is told well, you want to be upset when Bruce Banner loses control, which is antithetical to the fact that you've shown up to see the Hulk Hulk out and smash them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's always true, but I think that is the best version. Like, you know, because there's there's Hulk stories. No, I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, there's Hulk stories where, and these are usually cheesier ones, where you're kind of like, oh, I really would love the Hulk to smash all these evil people. You know, like where Bruce is being bothered in some way mm-hmm. i also like like the and it's a classic peter david type story where it's like bruce is like you know what no i've cracked the code i figured it out and i'm gonna get rid of the hulk i'm gonna do it and you're like no you aren't yeah and so you kind of want him to turn into the hulk you want him to go crazy but you know that's I'm that's say- that's years into well, that's a what i'm saying myth. the yeah. difficult balancing act is i think it is it's counterintuitive. Yeah. I think dramatically you both do and don't want him to turn to the Hulk. You as an audience member want to see the Hulk crack skulls. Yeah. And you as an audience member, you want to care enough about Bruce that you feel bad for him every time Hulk takes control. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's got to be a Wolfman thing. I mean, that's really, that's the character this is closest to because the Wolfman, all the universal monsters were rooted in sort of basic psychological fears. Yep. And the Wolfman one is, what if I don't know what's inside of me? What if I can't control myself? And also that classic nightmare of waking up in the morning and Not you're knowing. like, how did I get here and what did I do? Right. It's alcoholism. Right. It's right. any sort of addiction. Exactly. It's any exactly. sort of mental illness. It's it's that loss of control. <laughs> and I, I I wonder when they'll, if they'll do a Hulk story. Like uh, MCU. Like if they'll ever well, do it. So apparently Universal still has solo rights. No, it, they have to be, they have like right of first refusal or something. Right. I think it's something like that. But again, it would be like a linked uh, deal. You know, like it would be sort of Marvel like the has Sony the right Spider-Man thing. I think it's even less intense than that. But yes, Universal has some kind of like they released the Incredible Hulk. Right. But that was before Marvel was like bought by Disney. Right. Because Marvel at that point they would contract with the studio for like one release. Right. Yeah. yeah. So do you know, not to get back to this thing, but but I just think this is a fascinating thing. So like early nineties, toy biz has to buy Marvel to save Marvel and place, save Marvel. I'm sorry. Uh, And, and place their heads at the top of the Marvel pyramid. Right. Right. In 2005, when Feige was like, I think we can make the movies ourselves. Right. And went and made that pitch to like Perlmutter. Um, the way they got the money to do that, yeah, um, they uh, a took out a massive yes, loan we've talked from Merrill about that. Lynch. They take the giant Merrill Lynch loan, yeah. Where if, it's like a financing plan, basically. If the yeah. first two movies had flopped, Merrill Lynch would have owned. We've talked those about it on this very podcast. But you know, the other thing they did was what Toy Biz, which still owned Marvel, right, 
lost the rights to make Marvel toys because they went to Hasbro, who they knew could give them a bigger upfront payment. Right, right. So right, Marvel right, right. made greater profits yearly from making the toys themselves, but they could go to Hasbro and Hasbro could give them $500 million. Yeah, Hasbro could buy the rights for a long time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Toy Biz no longer exists because it was like Marvel needed to sell the thing that bought it in order to save themselves. Yes. Full circle. Anyway. 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 Um, he wakes up in bed, doesn't know what happened, knows something's up. Right. Well, Betty finds him. I think like Betty that's, finds him. that's a big point is that it's not the moment of Bruce waking up and where am I? This is when the movie really starts to recenter around Betty's point of view. Mm-hmm. She's the one driving the story. Yeah. So she comes to go, you know, goes to come, ch- whatever. Whatever Fuck, the hell. Checks what in she? on him. Marvo. <laughs> Marvo. And uh, she uh, sees him shredded purple pants, pass out in his bed. True. And then there's a great cut to like a plate of greasy chicken and him eating it with his fingers. I like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And she's kind of like, just mm. looking at him like a feral animal. Yeah. Which very quickly, like the fucking SWAT team comes in. The police come in. Yeah. So, you know. They find um, his wallet Ro- at the lab. Ross is, is on his ass. I yeah. think Ross thinks initially he's collaborating with a hobo banner. Yes, he does. Because it keeps ho- on going like. It's impossible that he's doing the exact same experiments as his father. Why am I doing Nolte? Yeah, you're doing Nolte. It's impossible that he's doing the exact same experiments. Foster was a pussy. God. Fucking Sam Elliott's mustache is so clean in this movie. I can never get over how sharply it's right. true. Because in like Lebowski, it's sort of Long all the way over he's his lip. cowboy right. stash. Right. And in this, it's like the Sarah straightest Sparilla. mustache line. Yeah. Um, but but that's they find his wallet at the lab. I love the lab sequence because it is just like kind of upsetting it's just like a monster sequence you yeah, know yeah um and uh they bring him in for questioning right and is ross this when they lock him in the water tank or is that yet. that's after that that's later. after second hulking right right ross refuses to believe that he's this ignorant that yeah. he's this naive he and figures it out eventually but he's sort of yeah. prodding him and saying like it's impossible you don't remember you were four years old you were right there yeah he, he mentions the test like the the bomb test right and clearly also mentions like the mother thing he's like prodding that as well uh, and um, I, I love he says there's the conversation he has with Betty where he goes you're telling me he's following in his father's footsteps doing the exact same thing in the exact same space you know either they're in on it or and she goes what you think it's you know it's destined predestined and he goes I was gonna say damned and she goes of, of course you would yeah but but I love that notion of just like either way we're dealing with a big problem like, he's like, either this is like the gods are trying to destroy us through this family, or they're in on it together. Right. Um, so it becomes this thing with, like, the government now trying to figure out how to get a handle on. But I like that the government in this, you're you're on their side, apart from yeah. Talbot. Talbot's just sort of, Talbot like, sucks. straightforward asshole. Yeah. Uh, who's like, what if I could make money off the Hulk? Where yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, good, good move. Cool. That, that'll cool. work. Yeah, uh, this is obviously something to replicate. Yeah. <laughs> but I like like Ross. I don't know. I feel like sometimes in these movies when they're like, bring in the helicopters and shoot missiles at them, you're like. Godzilla's not gonna be killed by missiles. Like yeah. you guys should know that. Here you get every escalation. A hundred percent. You're 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 with them. 
And, and, and this is also weirdly coming out right when the Iraq war has started. Yes. And all those scenes, we'll get to them with the cluster bombs and stuff. Yeah. Are, I remember it were very chilling for me as a 17 yes. year old in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Where you've been watching like us blow up Baghdad all day. Right. Like yeah. right as we're going into war, you have yeah. all these like military scenes that take place in the desert, which is like, I even know. if it's the American it's, desert. It's intense. All the big set pieces at the end take place in like just big open, like sandy plains yeah. and mountains and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, which is very bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And it's also the opposite of like now every Marvel movie is like shot in a parking lot in Atlanta. Yeah, I know. You know, with like green screens or it's like a generic type of set they have. Right. You know, you're at an airplane like fucking landing field or whatever it is. And this is just like these like big Western vistas where they like CGI in the Hulk. Yeah. Jumping around. I wish they do did more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But... Uh, the thing I love is, yeah, I think Ross never becomes mustache twirly. He always is a character, even if you are concerned about what he wants to do to the Hulk, you get where he's coming from. And as I said, I think Sam Elliott really smartly plays the limitations of his empathy. Yes. Like, it's not that he's cruel. It's that he knows that he's not very good at connecting to these things emotionally. Now, can we talk about those Hulk hounds? Yeah. So Nolte's We're also from the comic, right? Like that's a yeah. that's a comic book idea. But like yeah. they took a lot of very sort of like small threads from the comic book because we had like we've met Banner's dogs already, right? Where he's like, shush, they're beautiful. And like you know, it's like a weird poodle who looks like it just ate a homeless person. And like, he's taken one of ba- uh, Bruce's hairs from the bicycle helmet. Maybe that sounds right. Uh, and you see him like chopping it up. But now that he's seen that Bruce, like he's triggered Bruce successfully. Yeah. The beautiful, I just love that moment where it's like Nolte stroking Hulk's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my son. Like, because it's like, you know, you're my son of here. And he points to his, like, heart. And he's like, but also of here. Right, because he created this thing. Right. It's like, it is like, you're my experiment. But, you know, when he did it in the 60s or whatever, he felt bad about it. Like, he's he's bummed out that he did that. He wanted to murder Bruce as a mercy killer. Exactly. Like, I have burdened my son. And now he's just, like, he's so far gone, I guess. I don't right. know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's like 25 years in jail, you know? Uh, everyone, you know, discrediting his work, abandoning his mission. Like, he needs the validation to think that he, he was actually on to something. He thought he'd be fulfilled by janitor work, but, like, it's, just wasn't so doing not it for him. It. He didn't yeah. know how to mop. Yeah. Um, so so once he sees Bruce, like, fully successfully Hulk out, then he's like, I'm, I'm going to make some dogs. Where's that poodle at? So uh, I remember when I was. Careful, they don't bite. When I saw this uh, in theaters yeah. uh, in 2003, I was uh-huh. 17. Uh, and the movie had a terrible reputation Awful. by the time it, I think, even reached Britain. like Especially with Teenage Boys. Like, this movie was hated by Teenage Boys. It was. Because I saw it early, went to all my friends, and was like, get ready. The Hulk fucks. Like, this movie <laughs> rules. You saw, you saw, like, a screening or something? I saw, like, an early screening, and I the level of vitriol I got, like, it actually... It, People were mad at you. It significantly hurt my social standing. <laughs> how much I sold the Hulk to everyone. They were like, "You're a fucking nerd and a loser. You're you're beyond saving." Yeah, right. You lied to us, <laughs> liar. Because this movie came a, out a month later in Britain, which okay. especially back then is not that unusual. No, it came out July here. August. It came there. out June and okay. July. And so it had already had the notorious. Yeah. Uh, second weekend drop off. Like was I was like already aware of that. Unprecedented exactly. That so I was yeah. like, basically, like this movie's going to be shitty. Then I saw it yeah. and was surprised by one how much I liked it. Yeah. Two how weird it was. So Three weird. all those comic book transitions ruled. Yeah. 
But I do remember at 17 being like, that fucking scene with the dogs, though, was, was that was I rough. love <laughs> the dog scene. Yeah. I love it. I think the I, dogs look great. They look weird. I love how fucking gross they look. I love the audacity of him being like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a fucking Hulk poodle. He makes a Hulk poodle and like a Hulk. What do you call that? It's like the sort of pit bully. What is this? You know what I mean? This thing. Smoky. A pit yeah. bull sounds right. Maybe rot? No, not Rottweiler. It's not. It's like a weird looking fucking dog. I don't know. But I love that they almost look like rat finky. Like they're so weird, and they're <laughs> so sort of like weird. lumpy muscles, and so, they're like exaggerated features. And his idea is to like draw the Hulk out by attacking Betty with the Hulk hounds, right? He's using Why Betty he just as like point a gun at her. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work because it's a movie, and this is. Cool. I know. I know. I know. Uh, and he also, may, he also wants, he might not be able to afford a gun. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, he's he's, got he's also like looking for a good avenue for to premiere these dogs. He's proud I of know. his new work. Uh, so the Hulk like this kills is like those his dogs. Apple, P.S. He can't do an Apple keynote presentation where he's like, and now I present the Hulk dog. Yeah, he can't do and a then TED talk. The next slide. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, she's in the car. The dogs attack, and and the Hulk comes out. I love this movie setting up the idea of the Hulk getting bigger, the the angrier mm-hmm. yeah. he gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This scene also is you saying the the purple pants look dumb, which I agree they do, although I love they, how purple he makes them. I like how purple they are. They just do look like CGI. Like so, I wish they could look a little more fabricy. What I have heard is that Ang Lee wanted the Hulk to be naked the whole movie. And Good in one. this scene, after his final growth, his pants rip off right. and they use shadows. Yeah. Because right. when he walks away at the end, you see Hulk's butt. And the idea was that his pants hit a breaking point. He wanted to do the entire movie like that, where it was like through shadows, through yeah, camera right. angles, through objects. You just covered up the Hulk's genitals. That would be dumb. Right. And that was the thing. They were just like, this is too silly. Like it, it would be silly. Straining credibility. Like Beowulf has that scene right. where like, it's like he's fighting Grendel and like there's a fucking candle in and, front of his and dick and it, you're like, enough. It's the <laughs> opening credits of Spy Who Shagged Me. It feels like exactly. a comedy no, no, routine. It's never yeah. good. No. I mean, and like, honestly, and then Watchmen was like, yeah, we're just going to have you see his dick. And we're yeah. like, I don't think that's really better. Like, then it's just sort of like, you're kind of like, well, you're like, it's mm-hmm. twisted. It's a little twisted. His dick, yeah, they had to straighten that thing out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I remember like being like, Dr. Manhattan is circumcised. He's a radiation yeah, being. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what hey, did he hey, like? Hey, don't push your politics on me, buddy. Uh, anyway, so. I love how brutal the Hulk dog fight is. Because you, it's like he's he, he squishes dogs their necks. in the face. Like, like ripping yeah, them yeah, in exactly. half. I love that it's terrifying. It's very dark, though. It is a little hard to see some of the action. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's nighttime. Right. But it, but it lends that, like, horror movie feel to it. Like, it, we don't. None of these Hulk out sequences are exciting. You know, like I remember the audience like, oh, like at some of the dog stuff just because of how brutal it was. But it's like watching like a UFC match or something like mm-hmm. that's a lot of blood. And then there's the great moment where then he just looks like a sad little boy at the end of like yeah. a tantrum where he tries to like pick her up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Out of the tree. Um, it's good. I mean, I mean, I like the Hulk as character. I think the movie. performance is good. Yeah, like, I, I think agree. they make the Hulk a tangible sort of character. I think he's well composited into the world. Watching this movie on Blu-ray, it like makes me miss when you had to print CGI on film. Like when you would shoot a 35 millimeter movie, do the digital effects and then have to print that back onto film mm-hmm. because it lends a sort of viscerality and it kind of unites the elements as opposed to when everything's digital. Yeah. It, it gets that color forms thing I've talked about. 
um, which the Norton movie has hardcore. Right. Um, in this, it's like he never looks like a real thing because of how stylized he is yeah. and the limitations of the technology. But I think he always feels tangible. Like I always buy him as a real character, if that makes sense. Yes. Which is more important to me. Yeah. Um, but after that one, uh, you know, uh, he, he unhulks, right. They catch him. That's when they put him in the water. She tank. calls Ross. Yeah. They show up, sleep dart him, put him in the yeah. tank, yeah. uh, bring him over to the desert. They weirdly do the like, you know, Black Hawk down, like Middle Eastern, like, <laughs> they do, which they should. And you're like, aren't you in New Mexico? Like, That's, why do they do that? It's like the California desert or something, right? Yeah, it's like Utah or whatever. Right, I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like the American Plains. And it is, <laughs> I mean, I literally made a joke. We've talked about this on the pod, but yeah. yeah, it is always so funny. Any any movie set in the Middle East, yeah. it's just, and it's always like some helicopter shot. And right. it's like, dun, 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 and then, and like, then you hear in the distance, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Heroes, the TV show was on right now. Yeah. And that was like, they made some decision where they were like, that's going to be the whole score. It's just some lady yodeling. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's apparently the stuff that Michael Dania did. Like his whole score was like Japanese drumming and that sort of like <laughs> choral right. chanting. Sure. And then he saw the movie and he's like, that's what they kept of my work. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, Danny Elfman just liked it that he didn't even redo it. He just kept it in as is. Wow. And he's like, that stuff made the cut? Um, <sighs> but they, yeah, they bring him down there and then like Talbot sort of is able to wrestle control of the case. And uh, it, yes. And he, at this point, a, oh, well, we missed the Talbot Hulk out scene. That's before the dogs, right? Well, he, what? He, he makes him Hulk the, out right. and because he gets the information from uh, his father on the phone right. that he's like let these dogs loose. Right, exactly. That's what and it is. Talbot basically makes him Hulk out. They have that like fight scene right. and then goes to yeah, the dogs. Yeah, that's the same hulking. Yeah. But in the process he he fucking pones Talbot. Uh, yes. So then I love like Talbot coming back as this like comic like Right, he's got like the um the crutch and the right. neck brace. He's right. got like all the stuff if you want to like uh, file like a, a claim against someone yeah, like right. if you're like an ambulance chasing lawyer where you're right. like your honor as yeah. you can see I yeah. was very injured like, yeah, like the perfect amount of cuts on when his that face. mail yeah. truck like yeah. rolled over my foot and so he's like look if I get you to Hulk out they give me permission to kill you I dissect you we figure out how to make more of you right and I make money right if you don't Hulk out then I just get to fuck with you yeah so either way I win and at this point, yeah, he's like, um, right, at first he's just in, I'm trying to remember the order of the thing, because there's in the water tank, oh, that's what happens first, they're trying to drill him. No, 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 I'm sorry. First he tries to fuck with him just, like, in the weird steel cylinder room. Yes. And then he's like, fine, you can't do it consciously, let's see if you can do it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. So then they get him in the water tank and try to, like, prod him psychologically. Yeah. He starts having his nightmares. He starts you're, recovering you're having his these recurring memories. dreams of right. yes, exactly, and that's when he remembers, right? No, no, because it's no, because David, David is the one it. who explains that he actually killed the mother, yeah, like by mistake, right? It was like they just became one. It's qu quite a line, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, and it's like that line, which I guess is a little later, but yeah. like that's a line when eighty percent of the theater is like, "Get the fuck out!" Yeah, of here. what like, am I really watching? like? Come on, yeah, they became one, yeah. 
David, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt the flow of the show. I just have to call something out. Ben? Yes. You're you're kind of creeping me out today. What? Well, it just you're it feels like you're leaning a little heavy on the peeper thing. And it feels like you're creeping me out and I would like it if you could give me some space and give me some privacy, okay? Well, I'm doing my job. Can you just give me privacy for like 60 seconds? Yeah, yeah. All yeah. I'm asking for is 60 seconds of privacy. Okay, all right. I'll leave the room. Okay, thank you. Okay, listen, guys, now that Ben is gone, we've all heard a lot about privacy policies in the past month or so, right? But have you heard about a company being proud of their privacy policy? <laughs> but you haven't, but guess what? We transfer. They are. They're all about making file sharing easier for everyone. And worrying about your privacy is the opposite of that. I know because I've been dealing with Ben all week. So they don't sell. You want me to? Ben, please, uh, okay. 60 seconds of privacy. It's not about you, okay? Listen, the folks at WeTransfer, they don't sell user data the way that Ben does. They don't snoop or spy on your files the way that Ben does. Sometimes I walk into the office and Ben's just adjusting the levels on our files, editing our episodes. I go, what are you doing, you snoop? You spy? And guess what? They don't want to know your shoe size. They don't want to know your soft drink preference, your shopping history. Questions Ben pesters me with constantly he's sliding into my dms like gift field asking me if i like sprite or fanta okay this is this is the headline okay and i say this in confidence to you my friends the blankies we transfer serves ads to keep their service free but never never in that creepy i was just talking about blenders 20 minutes ago and now i'm seeing ads for blenders kind of way and that's a problem we have in our podcast because we talk about blenders a lot shout out to alex ross perry in fact they reserve 30% of their ad space to showcase the work of artists, like directors who are given blank checks. Sometimes they clear and sometimes they bounce baby from around the world. It's their way of making the internet a nicer, simpler, more beautiful place. So start sending files and see what they stand for at we.tl backslash not creepy. You make we transfer. If you're trying to remember the name of that website, it's we.tl backslash and then just think the opposite of Ben. Okay, Ben, you can come back in here. All right, God. Wait a second. What? What's what that empty glass you're holding? Were you holding a glass up to the other side of the door and listening to our conversation? No. Okay, fair enough. But I'm not creepy. <sighs> A thing I love about this movie, and I love almost everything about this movie, yep. but a thing I love about it is it is so small and focused in terms of the dramatics. Right. You don't have superfluous characters. Yeah. It really kind of just is these five people. And most of it, it's just the four of them. It's like this quartet of like two kids and their bad dads, you United, know? United four. And there are like so few, like even like Daniel Day Kim is like, the, the eighth lead of this movie because he has three exposition lines. Right. You know, like you could do this movie as like a black box play, save for the Hulk sequences. Yeah. And like, honestly, it is a little bit of that, it, you know, in the final act. Which I love. Yeah, well, we're getting to that. Which I, I mean, that's the love. best part. Right. That's when this movie that's becomes like movie transcendent for But it, that is also when like the 20% of people left in the theater are who are not like, off. Right. They're like, okay, all right, goodbye. Like, right. You know, like the theater's now empty and it's just Griffin being like, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they prod Hulk. They sort of are drilling him. He yeah. has the dream. He started to unlock some of the stuff. 
And then he hulks out. Hulks out, starts smashing things. Totally lose control of And him. I love that Ross is like, the fuck? Like, he's mad that Talbot's been, like, off the leash here. And he's also, like, complained to Betty about the fact that it's out of his control now, that he doesn't know what to do. And Talbot has those frosted tips. Yeah. You just know he's bad. Yeah, which it's only fucking... 2,000 kids will remember. So they do the foam thing. The foam thing is great. Love yeah. that foam. Doesn't work. Yeah, Talbot's like, give me the comically oversized drill. Yeah. But I feel like the foam, because with science fiction, like, sometimes predicts real, like, yeah. technology. I feel like that's... Could oh, that's be a, a thing. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. And it's right? like it's like the Incredibles goo balls, too. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just like you just yeah. gotta slow them down. You can't really stop them. It's um, like the new rubber bullet or something. But I love how right. Talbot's like, hmm, big drill won't work. I know what I'll do. I'll shoot a grenade at his face. Yeah. Like in an enclosed space. He's an idiot. And then his most audacious visual moment it's is so good. the explosion. Yeah. Where and Talbot like goes out of flying, uh, he freeze frames, and then you zoom out and you see like the whole page of all the so different panels. Good. So here's the thing. I, I, and like, I also, I feel like yeah. they hadn't done a frame dr- trick in a while. No. And he's like, remember? Like, cause yeah, that's still going on. Cause they'll use it for transitions. They use it a little bit when he's being transported from uh, the yes. helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like a couple of times early in the movie, it's just for dialogue scenes. Yeah. Like when Talbot sees, uh, uh Betty, um, and in comics, because it's like, we got to keep the kids attention. Yeah. You don't want to do the equivalent of like shot reverse shot coverage. Sure. Like A, you don't want to have that much just sort of straight dialogue. You don't want to stay in a scene for that long. Okay. And B, if you're going back and forth between characters, if you start here at like a medium close up, the next time you go back to that character, you want an extreme close up with their teeth gritted mm-hmm. or now they're like purple. Yeah, no, like, no, you I know? get you, I get you. So when he breaks it down like that, A, it's like a deconstruction of how similar comics and film are in terms of like, us just accepting these weird, pushy, like, visual storytelling styles. But B, it's like, this is a way to make uh, kind of generic, not generic, but, like, kind of staid adult conversation scenes as pulpy as... And, you know, comic books are like that sometimes. Yeah, 100%. They have to make state conversation scenes pulpy. Right. Yeah, no, it's Which great. is what you have to do. Like, I know. come out with crazy angles yeah. and all of that. Anglese. Yes. More like crazy anglese. Crazy anglese. So, he's hulking out now, mm-hmm. losing control, breaks out of the facility. Yep, kills Talbot. I mean, Talbot kill. right. Talbot kills himself. And he starts leaping across yeah. the desert. Which, again, is something that the um, Leterrier movie never like no. thought to do, which is like weird, because that's the most classic Hulk thing, yeah. is the leaping. that like, He bounds around. But like. I love for this, for him, it's like a weird, like, it's a, there's a serenity to it. Yeah. There's that moment where he's like flying through the sky and the wind is blowing against his face I love and he just it. closes his eyes. I love this stuff. This is where the movie is like just singing for me. And yeah. like I love that part. And then I love that there's like weird creepy cluster bombs that like suck the air out of the room and, and I the, think you know, these out Hulk of the space. fights are really good. Yeah, this part's good. This yeah. part's just good. Yeah, and it's just like really spare, like broad daylight, Hulk in the desert fighting tanks. But then there's also that moment where he's like contemplative and he looks at the rock. And it keeps on fading, like cross fading from his face to like closer looks at like the moss on the rock where he's just like considering the elements. And it's like no one will ever let anyone make this again, ever. We should say that cross cutting with this, David Banner's like, well, maybe I'll do something else. And he right. turns himself into the absorbing man. Right. Where if like he touches like a boom box, like his hand turns into a boom box. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and I love that, like, the bit of his hand getting stuck in the metal. Yeah, that's cool. Shake his hand off. Um, 
But that's it's like going to make going to the bathroom pretty awkward. Uh-oh. Yeah, his whole body turns into a penis when he touches it. <laughs> I was thinking he sits on the toilet, becomes the toilet. Oh, but yeah, it's that, just that works. It's too. just funny because the absorbing man, who he sort of is, right? Just, is like just in terms of power, who's set. mostly a Thor villain. Yeah, is like one of the dumbest. Like I literally like in terms of IQ, he's Marvel a villains. He, yeah, he's like an idiot, and his and thing like is a, like I'll turn it to metal. That'll kill Thor. He's like and a Thor's prison like, I'm a inmate. God, yeah, FYI. yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to have forgotten this. His name's like Crusher Creel. Yeah, he's yeah. like a and he looks fun. like it. Yeah, right. he's got like a big bony like caveman he's, head. He is visually based off of Michael Berryman, who's yes, the character from who plays the Hills the, Have Eyes, right? right. Yeah, 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 the like yeah. mutant freak, right? Right, uh, guy from that film. Um, so Hulk military Ross is like, we gotta get him, take everything we got out yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah. And Betty's like reasoning with her father to not do this, and he's like. This isn't an emotional thing. This isn't like a thunderbolt thing. This is like a, a human casualty civilian thing. Yeah. They call the president. They're like, what are you, casualties? There are going to be casualties because of this fucking thing? Yeah. Well, the president's fly fishing. So they like, you know, give him permission to send in the jet, send in everything. Yeah, they cluster bomb him. Right. And it's Hulk just they trying to get everyone off his ass. back. And so quickly it gets to like San Francisco because yep. he's able to, to like, just like bounce. I like that you have the moment where he saves the people on the bridge because you just have a little bit of like, okay, this is where they could have gone in sequels yeah. with the Hulk learning how to save people because yeah. otherwise this is not a superhero movie in any way. And uh, and right. then they finally are able to drop the real bomb, which is Betty, yep. who calms him down. Right. He banners back and submits himself. Yeah, Thunderbolt at this point is like, you need to die. Right. Like, unfortunately. But also at this point. Yes. David Banner has gone to Betty. Nick Nolte. And is like, look, I know I'm doomed. You can get him down. All I ask is that you let me see my son before they kill him. Now, you need this scene because otherwise the idea that they'd be executed facing each other is stupid. (laughs) Right. But I guess they pull it off. It's comic booky. I don't know. They literally shoot it like a black box theater. Like they're in this big hangar under like one spotlight. What are they going to do to them? Like, are they going to electrocute them or like, what's the plan? Like, how are they actually going to kill them? I don't know. Are they going to gas them? Maybe I don't know if it's clarified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But they're in this incredibly dramatic looking set, but also really sparse. And it's like, the two of them up against like just black abyss. Yes. And then Nick Nolte like does a monologue from secret honor. Right. <laughs> he starts ranting and raving. And then there's the great moment when like Banna starts hulking out, but doesn't actually turn green. And then Nolte mocks him and is like, boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> I mean, Nolte is point, so phenomenal in right. this scene. In this, at this and moment, again, in at the, the theater, same time, the whole theater is exiting the rose. Right, right. Yeah. This right. is like fucking irreversible right now. But like, right. Like, but like 14 year old Griffin sitting in the theater going like, oh, that's crazy. The best supporting actors locked up this early. <laughs> like I was sitting there and I was like, slam dunk. Nolte's taking it. Cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Nolte. he's trying to get Banner to like fucking, you know. You know, to Hulk out, but yeah. I mean, he—it's this very like verbose monologue yeah. with all this like insane like biblical insults. Like, right? What, what does he say? I, want, I wish I could. And and he talks a lot about he he explains killing the mother. Um. Yes, yes, that's when he explains killing the mother. <coughs> but uh, it's not working. And he goes like, "Fine, I'll just take care of it myself." And then he bites just the rubber off of an electric cable. Right. And let's let's talk into- about this. He literally choose 
the scenery. You literally choose the scenery, and Ross is like, no, let him do it. Yeah, <laughs> which, by the way, no, headshot at this yeah. point. Yeah. But I guess they don't know that he has the powers. Yeah. But yeah, right. He's like, all right, all right, that's not going to work. I'll just turn into electricity. Now, the thing I forgot as I was watching this last night is this happens two hours and two minutes into yes, the movie. still 20 minutes like, They don't go. even get to that point until two hours in. Yeah. And now it becomes this fight that is almost non-literal. It's like, a non-literal it's an fight. abstract fight sequence. Is this the part that you miss, Ben? Like, because you had to rush over here? Yeah. 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 I mean, he fights his dad, sure. but it's like, no, he's actually just fighting his father issues. Yeah, it's a Freudian uh, They, they literally, like, go through the clouds. That's and the they're thing like, that's the best. Yeah, right. Where they're, it's like these flashes of him in the clouds. Right, like, and the idea is supposed to be that it's like the lightning illuminating him, but it also feels like they're fighting through their entire history. Yes. It, it's so good. And and whatever no he tries to do, he can't do escape again. his father. Like his father becomes the water and becomes the air and electricity and like rock nolte. It's the fucking best. Yeah. And everyone is watching this and thinking like, I can't follow this. This is visually weird. Like, right. you know, because he rarely takes a very ending. solid form that's easy to track. No. And then they and turn into ice. Like, they start absorbing all right. the elements. He turns into a jellyfish cloud of energy. You also, I guess, and I, I guess if you want to be like, fair about the criticisms like you don't really know what the dad even wants at this point like what is he looking for i don't know what his like motivations Power. are I mean, yeah that's why he keeps on saying well, well, no he's this gonna thing, like suck the hulk up right that's like big, yeah, he wants yeah, to yeah. be unstoppable he wants to be proven correct in everything he committed his life to doing right yeah and and in that quest he has also now become obsessed with what that power feels like for him yeah and the one thing he realizes is he has all this power but his body cannot contain it he needs the stability of the Hulk genes, which he can only get from his son. Right. So he wants to absorb his son. He but wants to fully swallow his son. But then he does, and that kills it. Yes, 100%. So, you know. Right. Hey, fuck you, dad. Yeah, I mean, he's like a, you know, he's like a mad scientist character. He's like wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, but massive explosion. I mean, they literally turn to this jellyfish. Yeah. And then everyone presumes that, that Bruce is dead. Right. And it cuts to a year later. Uh, Betty and Ross having a conversation on the phone. I mean, like, for so much of this movie, it's like Betty is the emotional track for all of this. You're right. I mean, I didn't think about that so much when I was rewatching it, but you're right. Like, it's, it's, it, does, it does its best with Betty. Yeah. Like, rather than marginalizing her like the Leterrier movie does. Right. Yeah. Um, and they have this conversation about, like, if there's been any sign of him, you know? Yeah, so this is the only thing I just don't like. The ending? Yeah. The ending is very, like... It's very the TV show, I guess, yeah. or something, where it's like, and now he's decided, after, like, obviously being, like, a monster right. that should be, like, thrown into fucking space, Yeah, he's like, I'll just go to the South American jungle and fight a militia? Like, right. you wouldn't like me when I'm angry? Okay. Well, is he going to smash but Venezuela? He's like, to what's just his do plan? humanitarian work? He's got to live somewhere, yeah. David. No, him doing humanitarian work would be him, like, just literally going to live on the moon. Yeah. And staying away from humanity. Well, that's what, like, Ruffalo Hulk tries to do. Well, yeah, no, yeah. it's a, I mean, that's a classic comic book trope, but, right. like, Ruffalo Hulk tries to do it because he doesn't want to hurt a person he loves. Right. But in, in that movie, the Hulk is scary. Yeah. He smashes things. Uh huh. But there is some concept of, like, well, he's sort of aware of it, and, like, there's, like, there's a, a balance between these two people. But in this movie, the Hulk's like an environmental disaster. There's no, like, we don't think he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, after the after the fight with his dad? 
Now, here's the thing I... Do you think Universal was just like, you know, leave some room for a sequel. Maybe this will be a big yes, hit. Yes, 100%. Yeah, right, yeah. And, and they hire Zach Penn to write a sequel before the movies even come out. Yeah. And he writes a sequel that picks up with Bruce in Nicaragua. Great. That featured him fighting the Abomination. Sure. Classic Hulk villain. Right? Uh-huh. What is that villain? He's basically just like, what if an asshole sort of had Hulk powers? You okay. know, like he's like... A, he's like Hulk Venom or cla- whatever. I think when he he's was... Like in, a, a he's like a twisted version he, but he's like just a big he's a guy who morphs into a big but also I think in, at least in the comics he's Soviet you know like yes, he, he's, he's like a Cold he's War like villain Russian, so yeah. it's sort of right like what if the Soviets recreated the Hulk experiment yeah Um, but that was a film that was always like well the movie made a profit but everyone hated it so maybe we'll make it someday I don't think we'd bring Ang Lee back but maybe we'd make a straight sequel with Eric Bana like yeah. it was always kind of a consideration Yeah. then Marvel Gets the rights back, goes to Universal, says, we'd love to make a Hulk movie folded into this thing. And they still pretty much use the Zach Penn script. Yeah, they do. They rewrite it a little and bit. not only do they use the Zach Penn script, which and Edward Norton does a lot of rewriting on, but, um, but, and demands right. a credit and doesn't get it, and it's very fraught. Which is why he gets pushed off of the Avengers, one of the because they had he got so much difficulty working with him. But not only that, Zach Penn's hired to write an Avengers movie. Yeah. Which apparently Joss Whedon had, like, has publicly said, like, it was bad. oh, it was very bad, and yeah. I threw it away. Yeah. You know, like, but he has, like, a story credit on that film. Because he yeah. went in to meet just to direct it, and he was like, first of all, I'm not directing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is terrible. But the thing I love is that, like, nothing in the Norton Hulk really negates the Ang Lee Hulk. It's pretty much a sequel. The Norton Hulk is weirdly a sequel to this movie. Right. Which is impossible. Yes. Like, and it's not like in the Norton Hulk, they're like, it was crazy how my dad turned into a cloud. They forget that (laughs) stuff. But the, the basic concept of, like, I was a scientist. I used to date Betty Ross. Thunderbolt Ross is a military guy. You know what I mean? That's it, all kept. It picks up in the same country that the first movie ends in. No, I think it. I think it picks up in Brazil. It's uh, the, really the, okay. yes. I, I just rewatched it and I don't even quite remember, but it's. I think it's Brazil. But anyway, okay. you know, like yeah, it is Brazil because there's like favela stuff. You know, South America. Like, he's he's going around. There's like a sort of vague like parkour scene, <laughs> which like was. Yes. A demand in yes. two thousand, like yes. the late two thousands, where they yeah, were like bring parkour <laughs> back. Yeah. Ben wants parkour. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh boy. But I love that. Like as much as Incredible Hulk is the one they fold into the MCU the least. Yeah. You can kind of act like Ang Lee's Hulk as part of the MCU. You can kind you, of. You kind of can. Kind of. You kind of can. It's as connected just, as Norton is. They never ever reference it directly. No. The only thing, and like they barely reference the fucking. The Terry movie. Yeah, right. But the only reference to that is he mentions, like, I smashed Harlem one time. And you have like, Thunderbolt you know, Ross. You have Thunderbolt Ross. But, right. you know, I mean, he's easy. But it feels handshaky. But this feels like the last point in time where, like, um, you know, I was saying, like, like the Ghostbusters Fog thing is a similar thing where it's like this property we can't get off the ground. Let's just take someone. Fuck it. We've done so many, like, overly sort of strategic takes at this movie, mm-hmm. trying to think through it logically. Let's just take someone who's successful and let them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this sort of scale, that will never happen again. And for his impulse to be, I'm going to go but, to the polar extremes of like, I'm going to make it as adult, serious, dialogue-based as possible and as comic booky and sort of like pulpy and monster movie at the same time is just like a jarring thing that audiences like are not ready for. Right. They kind of want one or the other. And they let him make this movie, and the movie feels totally of a piece to me. 
Like, that's the thing. It doesn't feel like some misbegotten, like, you know, it feels like Robert Altman's Popeye, where it's like if you hire a guy to make a popular thing, you still let him do what they do. You don't go, but come on, it's got to be this. And that, I agree and with you completely. I do just want to point out there is Batman Begins after this, which is a yeah. similar concept of like, let's let the director run with it. Right. You know, and that is a little, obviously trying a little harder. And his just, concept is less insane. It's less insane, but right. I mean, that's fine. Like, I do think like there's Batman Begins, there's Constantine, well, whatever. Yeah. You know, I love that movie, but that's, that's a, but there, wait, there's one other one that was obvious too. Oh, Hellboy. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, so there are some where again, yeah. it's sort of like the director has a pitch. He'll, he'll do it. But, you're right. Those movies have a far, they all have a far more conventional sort of dramatic structure, though, in terms of a classic superhero movie arc, yep. which this doesn't have because it's a monster movie. Uh, I mean, this is the closest movie. anyone's come to doing a successful Dark Universe reboot. Like, this is the template in a way because they've always said our problem is how do we make the monsters like the protagonists? I, you, how do you do big budget horror films? I get what you're saying, I, but. I, yes. Go finish your point if you want. No, to I think this is kind of what you do. I agree. I it just the th- but the thing to, make to them me tragic, which all those monster movies are. The yeah. thing to me, and it's like why I'm uh, ranting about the ending of the movie is like there's just nothing in this movie really says like sequels, universes. No. Like th- what I love about the movie is that that's just not there. It just wasn't concerned. No. Um, I think he wouldn't have done the sequel anyway. They wanted that. And they just were like, Ang Lee's a genius. Everyone loved Crouching Tiger, right? Like, no one seemed to question this while it was going on. Well, I'm Barry Norman, uh-huh. uh, who in Britain was sort of like the Britain's closest answer to Roger Ebert. He was never okay. like, in my opinion, the critic that Ebert was, but yeah. he hosted this very famous show on the BBC that was called like Film, mm-hmm. you know? And he was the guy who was like, you know, an interesting film, blah, 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 you know, right? Yeah. And he retired right around now, like uh-huh. right around when Hulk was in production and in his retirement statement said, I am so despondent at the idea that Ang Lee, who made the wonderful Crouching Tiger, is making a superhero movie, the Hulk, that yeah. like, to me, cinema has is died. Dead. Yeah. And like, and I remember everyone was like, oh, well, you know, Barry, he's old, like, you know, he's become a grump. Right. But like, that was like yeah. a prevailing notion among Why the older critical class. Yes. But then it's also like, by doing it, he became the last person to be able to do it in that way. Uh, yes. Except for my favorite thing is that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is totally a remake of this, except fun. Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is another, I mean, you know. It's another father issue movie. It is. I mean, and it's it also like, ends, like, the final battle is fucking. I know, which I love. It's like the same it's him as turning this. It to rocks and, and shit, turning yes. it to different forms yeah, and, like, fighting their issues out. I know. I mean, the, the Hulk's better, but Guardians 2 is, is a lot of fun. But I just sat there and I went, holy shit, James Gunn figured out how to make American audiences like right, everything. Make this more enjoyable. Angley was interested in thematically. Now. Totally, it's totally different. Stylistically, it's totally different. I want to play the box office game. Yeah. So this movie. Had a bunch of bad records. Yeah. The most expensive movie Universal had made up until that point. Uh-huh. Was the only movie to open this high and not make $150 million. Interesting. And never before in history had a movie opened above 20 and dropped... 70%. It dropped yeah. 70%. Because usually if a thing drops 70%, it opened poorly. It was, Or it was like a horror movie that right. opened to like 18 or right. I don't know. Whatever. Nothing had ever opened this big and dropped that hard that fast. Hulk. Opens to 62 June 20th, 2003, $62 million. He knows. And it just doubles it, 130. It doubles, yeah, 132. Yeah. Um, number two at the box office is an animated film. Number two at the box office, an animated film, 2003, Funny Nemo? I just figured you'd get it from yeah, that. The... 
Highest grossing uh, film of that year. Which in its fourth week is making $21 million. Pretty yeah. impressive. A juggernaut. Which was the film that beat the Lion King's animated film record. Correct. Yes. It was like the number six movie of all time. Yeah, I think it was a, it's a colossal hit. Right. That was the big Entertainment Weekly headline was how Nemo beat Neo. Because everyone assumed The Matrix was going to be the bulldozer that summer. Great movie. 2003. What a year. Reload it. Um, yes. Number three mm-hmm. is a sequel. The second film in a, a long-running franchise that you adore. And that I adore. 2003. Second film. Long-running Oh, oh, oh. Is it Too Fast, Too Furious? Too Fast, Too Furious. A John Singleton film. Yes. Starring Paul Walker, Tyrese. Ludacris. Ludacris. Devin Aoki. Devin Aoki. And Eva Mendes. They got to bring Eva Mendes back. She was in, is she in five for a second? She's in a credit singer for five. Yeah. She reveals that Letty's still alive. Yeah, I think think that would be great to have Time to bring her back. Which in three weeks has made $102 million. And even though it like uh, was seen, I think, as a bit of a franchise killer, was like kind of a hit. Huge! It opened a fifty or opened a fifty, it, made one twenty-seven. So yeah. you know, it fell off. But yeah, that's a huge opening for that in two thousand three. Yeah, number four is a comedy film, a uh, very like expensive sort of high special effects, Ooh. massive, massive hit. One of those movies that no one remembers that like just made a shit ton of money in two thousand three. Is yeah. it a big comedy? Oh, I know exactly what it is. Yes, Bruce Almighty. It's Bruce Almighty, and objectively reprehensibly bad film that made like half a billion dollars yes like I can't remember one joke from it it's not good yeah uh, huge like nothing to say about it I, I mean Carrie's doing his thing it's cause it's like it hit Christians or something right? no no the, no no, no. The it's just like where he's movie. like I'm God I'm gonna make her tits bigger oh, you know like he yeah. just like doesn't have any bits it, it was like the last of like the big high concept comedies where you could sell it that quickly in a trailer with like oh here are six funny images yeah but also, and then Carrie just going like, blah, 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 you he know, also like, hadn't done a comedy in like four years. That was the big thing. Was yes. like outside of the Grinch, he had been doing like Truman Show, Man on the Moon, like it was the just majestic. Right, everyone was so excited that Carrie was in a big dumb comedy again. That that's it why was, it blew up. I mean, well, you know what? Fun with Dick and Jane, but and Nest Man both made money, so it wasn't like his last hit. But comedy. that made like two hundred and fifty million dollars. Right? Yes, it did. Insane. Nuts. Number five is a a remake that, like, I feel like at the time people were like, "Why the fuck would you remake this movie with these people?" But it was like a solid hit, and it's like not a bad movie. I would remake this one with these people. Solid. I mean, you know what? I grew up in Britain, and the movie's so beloved in Britain that maybe there was more of a backlash in Britain. I've brought it up several times. Sorry, we have a hard out, but I I just, God, I could dig into this for two hours. Okay, 2003, beloved (laughs) film. Oh, Italian Job. Italian Job, an F. Gary Gray joint Mm -hmm. with Mark Wahlberg, Charlie Theron, and Edward Norton. Edward Norton, who famously dissed this film before it came out in like some interview. He had a three picture deal like, at, piece of shit. at Paramount and they forced him to be in the movie and he hated it, refused to do press and then shit talked it while doing press and, for other movies. And then the movie came out and like people were like, it's kind of fun and it did well. Like, it was like he looked oh, like an asshole. He like, shot himself in the foot on that one. Yeah. yeah. And like that was the movie that kind of made uh, Statham happen. Yep. It was kind of the movie that made most Def happen yep. like as an actor. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. I just remember in Britain, it was like Italian job in Britain is one of those movies where right. like they don't even know that it's just okay. Yeah. They're just like, what are you talking about? Like the three greatest movies are The Godfather, Citizen Kane, and The Italian right. Job. Right. The idea of replacing <laughs> You were Michael only supposed Kane. to blow the bloody doors off. Yes. yes. Uh, is that number five? That's number five. Okay. So that's the box office game. Regrets go wild. 
the weakest of the Rugrats trilogy. Uh, Alex and Emma opening this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Homicide, Dumb and Dumber, When Harry Met Lloyd. I saw that in theaters. Uh, from Justin to Kelly opens at number 11, yeah. $2.7 million. You're fine, I think, for your heart out. Uh, not really, but... Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, let's wrap up. Uh, merchandise Spotlight. This movie did create one of the greatest pieces of merchandise of all time, which we all know. Oh, okay, okay. We all know it. It's it's one of the few pieces of merchandise that went mainstream and has stayed in production since the release of this film. I think you're having a laugh. I'm not. No, what are you talking about? Hulk hands. Yeah, oh, really? They came from this? They came from this, which is so funny that they come from this movie. Why, why did they come from, like, I, was it just, I guess... Someone was like, there should well, be Hulk hands. Avi Arad, because he was a toy guy, was sure. so big on licensing and, and yeah. still you know running toy biz and everything that their big thing was there had to be a big Marvel movie every year that could be like a toy licensing bonanza, yeah. which is why like the Tim story of Fantastic Four got rushed into production. Right. Something else got pushed back and it was like, fuck, uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, Hulk, yeah. Spider-Man 2, fuck, we need a new... Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so they just made so much Hulk shit. They thought it was going to be like a Jurassic Park level, like every kid's going to want a Hulk. Mm-hmm. And they made every type of thing, and it didn't sell super Except well. for the Hulk cans. The Hulk cans were humongous. Mm-hmm. And it was this like... They are. They're very big. Right. And it was also like... big hands. It was essentially like a new type of toy. Like it created like a whole new category. Because then there was a bonanza, and none of them ever worked as well, of making like hands for other characters... There were King Kong hands when that came out. They made yeah. thing hands and feet for Fantastic Four. Right. For Shrek, they made ogre hands that were literally pull my finger. Great. Where it farted instead of smashing. But they were like, the idea of like, that's every kid's perfect toy is just big foam hands that you can hit things with. Yeah. And over time, they've made Hulk hands shittier. They became plush at a certain point. Then they became smaller. They took the electronics out of them. But the original Hulk hands, which are just like big green foam fists with sound boxes in them and there's like a plastic bar inside so you get a good grip and you just punch it and it just goes it's hall of fame fucking hang it from the rafters retire it best merchandise ever Hulk hands fucking rule and they came from a somber meditative family drama about the way our fathers damage us and us fighting to try to remove that damage from ourselves and make ourselves better people in their wake I love how uh, the next movie he makes is Brokeback Mountain. Yep. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, you didn't like Hulk? I guess I'll just make like a blockbuster gay cowboy movie. Yeah. Like win an Oscar. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I love the Hulk. I, mm-hmm. I hope people have rewatched it because of this. It's it's a genuine esoteric film we're never going to get the likes of again. And even if you don't love it, you know, I think people have yes. come around to it more recently. Um, y- Give it a watch, y- guys. You, you got to admire this thing. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a singularity of vision that is totally unfiltered. That is like what our podcast is about. It really, when you know, it was one of the first movies we wanted to do. It's, it's Hulking my, the Hulk. That was the thing my we were always going to do. Ultimate go-to answer for you know, what's the like textbook blank check movie? Absolutely. You only get to do that if you're in a blank check position. Absolutely. And no one questions what you're doing. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Ben, you got something to say? I think it might be too dumb. Say oh, it. wait, there's a dumb thing you want to do. Don't forget. We'll do it later. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about the monster universe, uh-huh. and I had a pitch okay. for our you know uh, blank check production company. Sure, yeah. blank check pictures. So this is, yeah, of course. The slate. Um, <clears throat> so I was thinking, uh, what if they took all of the monsters and put them in one movie, uh-huh. unite the monsters, uh-huh. and you could have like 
mummy, right? Working at and his lab on his bones computer and he's fine you know he looks I was out and then you said bones yeah. computer <laughs> and then he sees like you know the invisible man robbing a bank you know and then like he brings them all together i guess to fight the ultimate monster what are also, you talking about you know that the original universal movies build to that they have like house of frankenstein where they have like, a bones computer though no they didn't have a bones computer but they do have those movies where it's like all of them are like haunting one house at the same time. Really? Yeah. That's fun. You never get it from like their perspective uniting to fight a bigger monster, but those movies are great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I say, yeah. why make one movie about one monster where you can have all of them together? No, that's what they, when all those franchises died out, they put them all in each other's movies. That's great. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, House of Dracula. <laughs> like they were all just these like giant fucking mashup. Make it like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. Now you got to stew. Um, thanks to Ange Fergudo for her social media. Thanks <laughs> Wait, to, what's the thing you're going to do? I'll tell you later. Oh. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Thank you to Leigh Montgomery for our theme song. Go to blankies.riot.com for some real nerdy shit. Yeah. And as always, uh-huh. Hulk in the Hulk. <laughs>